Do you want to get into it? Yeah, but let's just let's fucking good? let's do this shit. I'm good. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's fucking get into yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to direct video. VHS. VHS. I think this is the the fastest turnaround between main episodes that we've done since we started this show. Yeah, we're fucking on point. And, and oh, let's this Halloween. <laughs> it's. I want to suck your blood. I hate See, this. I, have the teeth. I fucking hate this so much. I have the teeth, so I can do that. I don't even like. I don't even like holidays. But yes, it is. It is the month of spookums and frightfuls and all, all around scary things. Yes, and on uh, I, I, for our direct-to-video spookums month, <laughs> we watched. Two movies that could, if you squint, if you ch- if be you, called horror movies. If it has horror in the name, I expect to be scared. I I, I, I I sit down and I and horror comes up and I'm like, ooh, I'm already I'm already there. I'm so I'm just in the seat of horror. <laughs> this bit sucks. You did the bit. We watched two comedy movies that were not horror movies at all, but had horror movie had horror in their names and like one of them actually i actually kind of like both of them i but like for way different reasons no same i like, I, I am with you 100 percent. like i like one of them because it was fucking stupid oh <laughs> uh, we haven't said our we haven't said our uh like subtitle that i came up with that one time that i actually like oh what 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 uh, where we pay, where we pair movies like fine wine <laughs> Ooh, that is actually we, good we should change it to that for sure yeah, because we stopped doing all sequels. Like we're gonna, we're still gonna do a lot of sequels. Yeah, well, we're we're gonna have to go on that wolf quest at some point. <laughs> I'm thinking New Year's. But, but today, today we did a remake instead of a sequel. Our first remake. It's um, it is one of the most interesting adaptations I think to ever exist. Oh yeah, it's like. Oh geez! It's Little Shop of Horrors. Like we haven't said it yet. It's Little Shop of Horrors. We watched Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. We we watched. Yes, I may or may not cut that. We're back to Al Menken and Howard Ashman. Yep, the dynamic music. duo, two of the greatest uh, composers and songwriters of the last century. Seriously, and this was before they got into Disney. This was um, they were off Broadway doing this. But let's let's talk about. But before we talk about Little Shop of Horrors, the one that before everyone actually tell knows you about, that story. Let's talk about. We have to tell you this story. Little Shop of Horrors, the 1960s noir comedy. <laughs> Which is okay. I'm gonna say this up front. This movie has no idea what tone it's supposed to have. This movie bounces back and forth between being like an homage to slapstick comedy. And an episode of the Twilight Zone, within yes. within a single scene, within a single within, cut. It, yes, precisely. It, it, and we're gonna get into it. So the first thing I noticed because I, I grew up with Little Shop of Horrors, the 1985 version mm-hmm. with a giant singing plant. Yeah. So the first thing I noticed is that it is the story starts being told by a character not in the 1985 movie not even not even hinted at in the 1986 movie there's this moment where two police officers are driving away from audrey that now that i watched the first movie i thought oh maybe that's supposed to be them Uh uh-huh but like they don't have lines 
they they don't exist. She they're, just has the police talk to her. They're not even they're not even like named characters. You see the back of their heads in a car. Like they don't they're not there. But the, the, I think that might be who that was supposed to be like a little nod. Yeah. The other <laughs> thing is is we get this like no, like noir style like intro, like narration like super Yes. With a cliche, um, with like a drawing of Skid Row. Yeah, which was like a weird thing. It's it literally felt like a camera going over a piece of penciled paper. Yes. Well, I thought it looked kind of good, but then I thought it looks too nice. Again, I watched the 1985 version, which I think has a lot of good set dressing. Yes. Yes, it, it like, does. It kind it kind of looks like if you're in certain streets in Chicago. Yeah. Or it... I I bet Skid Row's supposed to be in New York, huh? I'm not actually sure. I yeah. Don't know. It, well, you know what? The the musical was on Broadway, or off-Broadway, so it was probably New York. But yeah, yeah, probably. Like, like, like there's, there's set dressing. It looks like a big city, one of the crappier parts of a big city, where there's crime and homeless people and stuff. And this movie kind of just looks like... It feels it feels simultaneously like too barren in some sets and too crowded mm-hmm. in others to really get a feel for where Skid Row is supposed to be. But I think the 1960s movie feels very uh, Detroit or Chicago as opposed to New York because of how low the buildings are. You might be right. So we're introduced to all three main characters almost immediately. Yeah. So the 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 setup of the film is this is this is this small flower shop on Skid Row that is owned by a uh, an immigrant named Mushnik and ha- who has two employees, Audrey and uh, what's the kid's name again? Seymour. Is he named Seymour in this movie? Yes. Okay. Yes, he's oh. still named Seymour. I wasn't sure. In my mind, there are four characters in the movie. Five, if you count Audrey, too, which you should. Well, yeah. In this movie, though, we have... In this this first movie, there are lots of side characters that we meet. And they're all kind of amazing in their own way. So So the first guy... (laughs) Well, the first girl, the first woman we meet is the the old lady who keeps having relatives die. Having relatives die, yes. Which is an amazing bit that the movie keeps coming back to in amazingly different ways. Yes, and it's... This is played for comedy. She's, like, the only person they get in the flower shop, usually. Yeah. This this woman, she's not old enough to have this many dead people. Like, she's 50s or 60s. If but that. she's always walking in telling, telling you how, like, you know, her... her cousin died her niece or nephew died somebody is always dying yeah like some like every time she walks in it's because someone else in her family has passed away Mm -hmm. and we we see seymour and seymour is a fucking dipshit seymour like isn't that's the first thing i noticed is a complete uh doof like he he does that old comedy scene where you're cutting a flower. And this is not the first time I've seen this. Yeah. This joke about cutting a flower and making it even and you cut them both too short. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. It's really bad. <laughs> it's... And and uh, Mushnik goes to fire him for it. And actually, it has one of my favorite quotes that I wrote down. Oh. Mushnik says, I'll give him a chance to quit. He says, I ain't gonna quit. You're a brave boy. You're fired. Uh, yes. 
Mushnik has, I think, some of the best lines in this movie. Mushnik is great. And it made me look up that actor. Mel Wills. He's the one mo- he's the one actor in this movie that like delivers one hundred percent. He is there and he is acting a character. But the- and he's he's always been a B movie actor and never becomes anything more than that. This was his big role. Oh man. Which is a crime because he's so fucking he, good. <laughs> he is a fantastic character actor. Because yes. because his character amounts to be like his character can be boiled down to immigrant with the funny accent but the but the but like the the level of performance he pours into that in every scene is fantastic and it's hilarious the the emotion you get from mushnik when he says two lines (laughs) is amazing it is every and he like he i think he's the only actor that really chews the scenery up until we meet the detectives Uh, yeah okay but but first we have to meet um plant eating man Yes, our other eccentric character, <laughs> Plant Eating Man, who I I thought was funny, and I thought is going to leave when this becomes a horror movie, and he fucking does it. In every, every scene, scene in Mushnicks, there's a man eating a plant, talking about how Audrey Two Juniors come along great. <laughs> he and and the, the... He stays the whole movie. Yeah, and the thing is, is there are just some shots where he's just like in the background, like pouring pepper onto a plant, and then just there's a scene where the detectives are questioning Mushnik, and this guy's like nodding along with them in the background. Yeah. Oh man. Oh my god! There's no reason for this guy to be here. This not. It's it's one of the things that makes this movie. I think it's one of the real charms of this movie. Because these characters are there, but it's also what takes away from it because it does not know what tone to have. Yeah, because the movie really starts losing itself. The the main problem in the film is that Seymour Seymour has to bring in his this plant that he's been working on. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, and if he's gonna go get the plant, then we need to mention. Oh, his mother. Who? Wait, I have a line here about it. Let's see. Where is it? My alcoholic and neurotic mom. So she's a hypochondriac and she loves um, patent medicines. Yeah. Which are, you know, all alcohol and sometimes cocaine. (laughs) (sighs) And when I saw her, I immediately wrote her off as dead. Right? I was like, Audrey Jr. is going to eat this chick. But spoiler, she lives the whole movie. Yeah. There are some very basic film techniques that this movie is using, by the way, that like, like, so this director is very interesting. Uh, this, this movie was directed by a guy named Robert Corman, I think, or Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. He, he's obviously a very competent director because he, he keeps doing these really quick establishing shots, like either, mm-hmm. of, either to let you know what time of day it is or where the characters are at that moment. Oh, I found the time of day establishing shots actually kind of jarring. Oh, they were incredibly jarring, but I think that was just mostly because of how cheap the movie is. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is like, is like the it is very important to know what time of day it is because that kind of factors into the plot of the film. Hmm. Um. And the other the other thing is like, 
this guy's obviously a competent director, but it feels like all he does is make these shoddy B movies, and I wonder yeah. what the story behind that is. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe he could just make money doing it. Yeah, it's, maybe he's in it for the money. But he's and I remember looking looking him up, and he like still produces these movies. He doesn't direct them anymore. Yeah. Well, this he, guy's like, like, like sci-fi original movies and shit. Yeah, but like, like he, I mean, he's like ninety, so. Yeah. But still, yeah, like. So see, but I'm sorry. No, it's fine. F- finish your thought. There, I, I don't remember where this line is, but there is. There's a moment when Seymour gets his little plant. From right. Well, let 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 me establish something because I don't think we did. Um. Mushnik goes to fire Seymour, and Seymour and the plant-eating dude convince him that if the plant Seymour's been working on is good enough, then they'll bring in more customers, and that means Seymour should still work there. Yeah. So Seymour goes and gets the plant, brings it back. People start immediately flocking towards this plant. Yeah. Okay, go. So there... I think this is way later... Okay, I have a great line here. After I believe it's after those two girls come. In. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're the the two girls. I think they're from like a local high school or something. A local high school, and uh, they're the first ones who start like fawning over the plant. Yeah. And they say, uh, "Oh, Mushnik asks them if they want to buy flowers and say, oh, we don't have any money. We just have two thousand dollars for <laughs> just to spend on plants.'" And he goes. $2,000 just spent on plants. Who died? The Chamber of Commerce? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, every line that he delivers is brilliant, he, man. <laughs> it's, he is such a charming character, like, in every way. So, the the plan starts working, um, but at the end of the day, it uh, the plant begins to die. Mm-hmm. And Mushnik tells Seymour... You, you you're gonna stay here all night and you're gonna find a way to bring this plant back to life yeah you're gonna stay here like he he was so excited about his his, his story doing so well that he wanted to like take audrey and seymour out to dinner and right. and then uh and then the plant starts but, to die and he tells seymour you're not coming to eat with us you're gonna get that plant feeling good so that it can make me money Right. Well, he actually, I think he tries to fire Seymour again because the plant's going to die. Mm-hmm. And Seymour's like, but you said I had a week. Eh, just get the plant done, you know? Yeah. God, I I have shit I want to say about this movie versus the next movie, but I shouldn't say it until the next movie. Yeah, right, right. I think we should just kind of get through this movie. So, yes. So, uh, Mushnik and Audrey decide to go to dinner at this diner. Meanwhile, Seymour is having a bit of a conundrum. So, he decides to go for a walk to his local. Now, wait abandoned train yard wait wait, wait. we've skipped we skipped a scene oh seymour does start feeding the plant his own blood oh yes 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 that's right he uh how does he figure that out he actually figures out the same way in both movies he cuts himself on a rose. oh that's right and the and the plant reacts to it that's right uh, oh god how i missed you Oh pod, how you tease! I fucking love that. Music. Oh my goodness, there, there is a there. I had a realization. I I, I realized yeah. why this movie was made into a musical. Because Seymour's always singing. Because singles. Because Seymour's always singing to himself. But also, like every line that comes out of these characters' mouths is written in a way that it has kind of a a, a rhyming cadence. In, like all of oh. the jokes are delivered in a in like a semi rhyme format. Like all of Mushnik's lines are delivered so quickly mm-hmm. and and in this like scheme that i 
the entire time I was watching this movie, I was thinking, yeah, I can see why somebody would watch this and go, this would make a great musical. Like, the script just mm-hmm. lends itself to it already. That being said... So, Audrey 2. And, and I, Audrey I want to get Jr. back to the, to the... Audrey Jr. in this one. Here's the thing that we also didn't mention. He names the plant after his crush, who works at the shop. Who works at the shop. Who is also kind of uh, a doofus. She's... I I was really surprised she doesn't have that much of a character in this movie. I have this vision of Audrey because of this other movie as mm. a certain character that she yeah. is not. Yeah. The person she is in that movie is not a very very feminist character. It's not a very yeah, some might say she's a very problematic character. She's a very problematic character and when we talk about we're going to talk about that and we're, then we're going to talk about the alternate ending. Where who, um, which I haven't seen yet. Yes, and uh, it's, it's gonna blow your fucking mind. Um, so, but but he he names it after her, and it starts demanding food, and he's like, "Man, I'm out of blood." Yeah, I I cannot bleed out for this plan anymore. And then he decides to go for a walk. That's the thing, man. He discovers a talking plant, and then he goes for a walk. Like, well. I'm going to go for a walk to this abandoned train yard <laughs> that my local abandoned train yard and kill this man. This is so, it's fucking we- This sets, okay, this does genuinely set the tone for this movie because as it turns out, this is how all murders in this movie happen. This fucking drunk guy is just like sitting by the train tracks and Seymour throws a brick not at him because he doesn't know he's there. The guy pops up at the last second, gets brained, teeters around, and then gets run by over a by train. a train. So, and and see, and it's so serendipitous. It's disgusting. It is. It is the most unfair plot device I have ever seen in a movie. It is. So it then, is. It is. It is. Sorry. No, I need to talk about this because it is. No, please. It is. It is the the least believable thing to happen in this movie about a plant eating no a man eating plant because even all of the other deaths while serendipitous are not absolutely bullshit because we have no, no idea they, that they also are and we will talk about that when we talk no, about no no I know I know but but Tony the at least those at at least those are foreshadowed. Unlike yes. this one, yes. this man literally just pops out of nowhere. He has. There is Seymour has the serendipity of a Disney character when it comes to murder. Just, like, happens to him, and only when it comes to murder. <laughs> so, so what he does is bafflingly gathers this guy's body up, into even a though pit. he could say, even though he could say, this man got hit by a train. I don't need to be here. Yeah, but it, gets him in a bag, takes luckily him back there was, to the shop. Luckily, there was only enough of that man left to fit in this potato sack that also just happened to be there. Here's the thing: I had assumed that his plan was to feed the guy to the plant, right? Because he thought, well, I have a dead guy now; I can feed the plant something. Uh, turns out that wasn't the plan. Yeah, because we're treated to a montage where. He keeps trying to put the body into different places and then realizing, no, this won't work. I forgot about the montage. It's like five minutes. 
of just him walking around town like let me try putting it in this trash can oh the trash can's full maybe i'll just like put it on these stairs it's bad he takes it to the flower shop he starts talking about how this guy died and 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 he's like i there's a person and and audrey jr says like there's food and he feeds the guy. He feeds the plant to Audrey Jr. And we he get feeds the guy to Audrey Jr. Meanwhile, we get no, no, no. We get the best so, match shot cut I have ever seen in a movie, in which he feeds this plant a human hand, and it immediately cuts to a human hand grabbing food off a plate and shoving it into his mouth, and we cut to Mushnik and Audrey at the diner. So Mushnik and Audrey are at the diner. Audrey is calling Mushnik by his first name, which I didn't write down, but it felt really weird. It, like it, they were dating. Yes, I agree. So that that was that was weird. Mushnik has forgotten his wallet, but like, and this isn't the first time he's quote unquote forgotten his wallet at this restaurant, apparently. Yeah. But today he's made like two thousand dollars, so he's good for it. Yeah. So he has to go back to the store and get his money so he can pay for dinner. So he goes to the store and sees um. See Seymour feeding the plant. And while singing uh, a Christmas carol. Christmas carol. I feel like that had to have been ad libbed, right? Like, alright, we need you to sing a song. Well what should you what should I sing? Something that we don't have to pay for. Yeah, exactly. So he sees that, he gets back and starts drinking. Cause like, no, no fucking way. But here's my issue with Mushnik. Between the fact that this Mel Wills guy can really fucking act, and whenever he's in a scene where he has this moral dilemma on screen, he sells it. Yeah. It made me wish that the movie was about Mushnick having the dilemma of this plant makes money and he knows it eats people. But but it's not about that. That's a subplot. It's the this movie's not really about anything except the fact that this plant eats people. Yeah, and and I because here's the thing in the in the other movie, Seymour has the moral dilemma, and, and, and we'll talk about that, and and we will talk about that. But in this one, Mushnik does, and I thought that was really interesting. I was like, oh, what are they gonna do with that? And the answer is nothing. Not much. Like, his, again, the scenes where he does have this moral dilemma, his issues are really interesting. But also, so, shouldn't he be mad at Seymour? Yeah. He seems to well, he, not the next, count Seymour as a killer. He counts the plant as the killer. Well, in the next scene, he, he kind of goes off on Seymour, but in a very, like, not talking about it kind of way. Yes. But... Yeah, and but, but if, he's the only one who knows that he's talking about it. Seymour doesn't get it. Cause Seymour, because Seymour is still idiot. talking. Yeah, well, no, because Seymour is still talking about like, like he doesn't get it, right? But here's the thing about Seymour in this movie: Seymour is that he's a n- never has a moral dilemma. Seymour is a psychopath. Seymour not only never like never confronts the fact that he's doing a bad thing. But the only the only reason he commits to his actions at the end of the movie is because the plant ruined his life, not because the plant, yes, not because the it's, plant it's, killed people. 
Yes. Or, oh my God. Yeah. He calls. We'll get there. We'll get but, there. But at, so, at this point, it's so I want to talk. Seymour to... does not care that he killed a man. He thought it was scary and gross when it happened. Yeah. But after the guy's gone, it's not important to him anymore. So I want to talk about the dentist. Earlier in this film, we briefly meet the dentist because he's the one who ordered the flowers that Seymour messed that up. That Seymour fucked up. Yeah. And uh, in his chair is a very unshaven Jack Nicholson. I don't know if you noticed that. In his chair? It's not later that he shows up? No, he shows up again later as a different character. Oh my god, he's both guys? Yes. No, I didn't notice that. Oh, I did. I saw him in the chair and I was like, hey, that's Jack Nicholson. And then he comes back later and I was like, this movie is so cheap, they had to use Jack Nicholson twice. But no, also, absolutely not. This movie is amazing. That In my mind, that means that's the same guy coming back. He knows Seymour's not a dentist. No, but he's obviously not the same guy. Yeah, I know. I, it, like, it's just that... I know it's fun to dream that this was done on purpose and not because of budgetary constraints, but let's be real. Okay, so here's the thing about this dentist. This dentist? I want to get into Jack Nicholson as soon as we talk about the dentist. Like, we're going to speed past this dentist. Yeah. This dentist likes causing pain. Seymour he runs... kills him somehow. He well no they so the dentist well the dentist runs his shop like an extortion racket, um, mm-hmm. which which very much makes sense for where they go with the character in the next film, but the, so Seymour goes to the dentist for some reason I think I don't remember quite remember that's the thing Seymour has like a hurt tooth or a hurt oh that's job. right he comes into he comes into work with like a toothache and Mushnik tells him to but, go to the dentist, but that's not like it's not like he hurt himself yeah it's a weird thing to just put into the movie it means there's this second death is another huge bit of serendipity yeah so he goes to the dentist and the dentist i think mushnik makes him go to the dentist because he doesn't want him in the shop yeah he doesn't want to think about the fact that he saw this man commit murder well he, he saw him feeding a plant a person sure the murder had already happened so so Seymour goes to the dentist and the dentist recognizes Seymour like Seymour you're the one who didn't get me those petunias or ferns yeah, that I wanted yeah. and they have a duel with dentist implements this guy dies like a like I don't even know what he dies like man he dies so quick with no blood I don't know what happened he dies like a, he dies like a stormtrooper in Star Wars that just throws himself <laughs> off a bridge before anything explodes he dies like a Power Rangers villain like he just like Seymour just like stabs at him with I think a drill and he just collapses to the floor dead that's it anyway um the, the dentist dies. Seymour, because Jack Nicholson, who, by the way, is the scariest part of this movie. Jack Nicholson shows up, and he is a uh, mortician. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, he, he, he mentions, like, oh, like uh, oh I'm, I'm a mortician. I, I specialize in dead bodies. He, Jack Nicholson is more like the Joker in this movie than he is in the Tim Burton Batman movie. He's, he's just has this like, permanent grin on his face. The hair slicked back. I have never seen Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Okay. I would be too scared to go see Silence of the Lambs now. 
because Jack Nicholson was genuinely freaky in this evil plant movie. Uh, I don't think that was Jack Nicholson. Was it not? In Silence of the Lambs? No, no that was uh, Anthony oh, Hopkins. Oh, The Shining is what I was thinking. Oh, God. The, the Shining. Yes, I love The Shining. What a pretty movie. What a terrifying, pretty movie. That's the thing. I would not be able to watch The Shining now that I know I'm just scared of Jack Nicholson. I, I, we talked about this earlier, but Jack Nicholson is like the... He's like the fractional opposite of... Uh, of... Uh, of... Uh, oh, son of a bitch. I know who you want to say. I also can... Tom Hanks? No. No, everybody's um, everybody's favorite scary man. Oh, um, Boof. Who's everybody's favorite scary ah, man? Ah, I'm so mad. I, we, uh, uh, Muppet, Pirate Muppets. Uh, oh, about Tim Curry. Tim Curry, son of a... Our guy. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, ugh. Right, you did say this because Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we we talked about this uh, uh, off mic, but but basically, I said that Tim Curry is terrifying, but he's like a lovable, genuinely kind human being, and Jack Nicholson is frightening all the time. Nothing will change that. He just is scary. He's spooky as hell, man. Oh, jeez. So. Uh, Seymour tells uh, Jack Nicholson that he's currently looking at a patient. Uh, he he puts on he kind of quickly puts on a dentist's outfit, mm-hmm. and J- tells Jack Nicholson to wait the lobby, disposes of the body, or hides somehow? the body somehow. I think he throws it out the window, and tells Jack Nicholson, "Your your turn," and like brings him in and proceeds to just. <laughs> At the at the uh, encouragement at the of, of Jack Nicholson, pulling teeth out and drilling, just really goes to town. Which I'm surprised that there isn't a horror movie that's just a dentist that goes to town on people's mouths until they die. So Jack Nicholson like leaves and tells uh, tells um, Seymour that he is going to definitely recommend this dentist's office. To all of his closest friends. Oh, hey. I just looked up dentist horror movie. And there is a horror movie called The Dentist. Alright. It must not be good or else it would have gotten... It's like, two I, I and a like half. That is a good idea. It, movie. It's got like a, a, a solid 5 out of 10. Okay. Oh, it's got... It's a film series. It really is too bad, Tony, that you cannot watch horror movies... I mean, I can. I just don't like them. No, it's fine. I, I don't think you would enjoy watching a horror movie for for something like this. Yeah. <sighs> I might have a hard time making jokes because I don't watch horror movies. Yeah, so you don't so have like a frame I... of reference. Yeah. So. <laughs> so now that the creepiest scene in the fucking movie's over. Genuinely, the creepiest scene in the movie. So entirely because of Jack Nicholson, right? Like he just if Jack Nicholson was Seymour. This movie would be fucking scary. Oh, that is a that is a like historical change that I would like to do. I can see after like this seems to this this movie feels like it was Jack Nicholson's like first role ever. It that, that is what it feels like. I can see why after this everybody was just like looking this guy up like we need this motherfucker in our horror movie yeah he's scary he just he just exudes creep 
So then, because two people have died, we meet our we meet Joe Fink, homicide detective. We he and his partner have are they supposed to be spoofs of something? I I it feels like him and his partner are supposed to be like spoofs of the like the the detective and police officer chemistry that you normally see in like those old uh like, like the Maltese the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, like okay. that. That's I haven't I I feel like I haven't seen enough of those to like really get it. I... They were bouncing they were bouncing lines off of each other so quick and it, it didn't feel natural. It felt like they were sending something else up. Yeah, it, it definitely that that being said, the the conversation that they have happened so quickly but the like it the conversation is like how's the kids lost one ah geez how playing with matches that's the whole conversation yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like and they go back to it and they go back to it later because the little old woman is his aunt yeah she just like walks up to him like buying flowers for his dead kid (laughs) she's like she like walks up to him like i'm so sorry about what happened to poor little timmy yeah it happens like yeah fuck okay here's here's something here's the first real issue i have with the plot of this movie despite the fact that the plot is bonkers as hell the the plot is like is that go for it i don't understand so in at the top of the movie joe fink tells us that skid row is called that because it's like the most crime-ridden part so i don't understand how these two homicides where there's no body are even being investigated right now. Well, I think he mentions that, like, his... His, uh... Oh, no, no, it's because the first guy that he murdered, the drunk guy at the train yard, was an undercover. Oh, was he? Yeah, that that's mentioned in, like, the really quick dialogue oh, that the two detectives have say, with like, each other. Oh, train detective. Yeah, yeah, he's a train detective. Oh, a train detective. I thought that was just a thing that used to exist. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. This movie's so fucking stupid. Like it's so fucking stupid. It's it's a gem. So like really, it's it's a it's it's like a polished turd of stupid. It is. It's delightful. It, it is like. I want to see more movies by this guy. Like I need to know if he can, if this is like if this is like I I've seen like a couple of, like, mm-hmm. Roger Corman movies, but. I don't remember them being this. It, it this feels like avant-garde comedy. This feels like a YouTube series. Yes, yeah, it does. So at some point earlier in the film, um, Seymour asks Audrey out on a asks date. Audrey out, yes. So we cut. So we cut. And they go. Well, I should mention. Uh, you know what? Why don't you say your thing, and I will decide if I'm supposed to interrupt you. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I was going to say that. Um, the detectives go to the flower shop to interrogate uh, Mushkin. Mushnik. Mushnik. And they decide that he doesn't know anything, leave, and then Seymour asks Audrey out, mm-hmm. and they decide to go have dinner at his mother's house. Right, because Seymour doesn't have any money. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the 60s, so like she shouldn't be paying anyway. But also, she probably doesn't have any money. If he doesn't have any money, they work at the same job. She seems to be well off, though. Like, she's the only character in the film that has, like, her and, uh, sorry, uh, Audrey and uh, Mushkin seem to be the only characters. Mushnik. Mushnik. Come on, man. Sorry. 
seem to be the only characters who have wardrobe changes throughout the film. Mm-hmm. But Mushnik stops uh, stops Seymour. He says he should watch the plant because Mushnik knows this plant eats people, and he. But he, can't, I think it's because he can't say in front of Audrey. This plant fucking eats people. He lets them go on their date, and he decides he's going. Watch, to yeah, he that he's going to watch the plant. I what I so the next scene. Okay, I tried this. Which scene do you want to hit first? Let's, do you want to hit the date or the? Plant? Let's talk about let's talk about the date because no, not really much anything happens during that date. It's so fucking weird and bad. It feels really awkward. So Seymour's mom makes them food, and Seymour's mom hates the idea of him dating because she doesn't want some hussy taking him. She and the, all the food that she makes is filled with. Uh, her patent medicine yeah so it's all super gross and raw and healthy quote unquote yeah it's just i i find it really weird that every character but seymour is the most interesting character in this film i don't like i don't know if she is supposed to be like a social commentary i don't know enough about what was going on in the 60s yeah i don't like fucking no like if she just this wacky character somebody came up with because i hate her she, a lot she she's genuinely terrible but that but again she is like a character it's true right and she is which i'll have to say in this movie audrey isn't yeah audrey is and, audrey and seymour seem to be like uh like oh seymour is also also not a character Seym- if it weren't for the fact that he kept killing people there wouldn't be anything interesting about it. Yeah, like the. But that being said, Audrey's kind of non. I, I, and I'm going to talk about Audrey's non characterness later. I think once we get to the next movie, because it's. Because Audrey's character seems to be that she has a crush on Seymour. Yeah, like that. Like, like, like her. her that's nothing. And, 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 and yeah, and like her crush seems to just be like, oh, Seymour like is this hardworking kid, so I have a crush on him because he's the only like guy i interact with on a daily basis right and there is some of that in the next movie but it's made more interesting by the fact that she's dating Uh, i wouldn't say more interesting but yeah i find okay i would say it's made worse we might is that what i would say is that we might have to talk about this after you see the original ending of that movie because i find audrey to be the actual main character of little shop of horrors we'll we'll talk about it uh-huh. So, uh, I do, I, do, I will say though, I think the best thing is that like, it seems that the reason Seymour's mom absolutely dislikes Audrey is that Audrey is perfectly healthy, which she sees as a red flag. But here's the thing. Seymour's mom is definitely also healthy. Right? She's just fucking crazy. And at, at one point she tells Seymour, you need to get yourself a nice sick woman. And I was just thinking like this... This feels like it is a social commentary of some kind, but again, uh, something I don't get. I don't, yeah, like this. This feels like it, it's like it's like if you've ever watched uh, like an episode of like a late night show from the eighties, mm-hmm. where they make a political, or if you ever watch Mister Science Theater three thousand, whenever they make a political joke, it's always like, man. Oh, or if you like read a Terry Pratchett book. Oh yeah, and you can tell you're missing references. Like, if you read Small Gods, there's, like, a million references to the Bible in there, and I haven't read the Bible. Yeah, there is so many, like, and I have. Like, stuff like that. Um, the... 
oh god now that's what this feels like this feels like a weird terry pratchett novel that's what this movie feels like but terry pratchett would write this whole thing a lot oh god terry pratchett would would definitely like instill some i don't think he wrote an evil plant book which is just maybe he did maybe he did and this this feels like a movie that would have influenced a lot of people so, I genuinely think it did, otherwise it wouldn't have been remade. Yeah, but um, so let's go back to uh, Mushnik, who is sitting on a stool just watching this plant. Yes, and in fact, this is the point. He he like he's like talking to the plant, like kind of uh, insulting it. Yeah. While he's eating a sandwich, and like he, this plant starts sassing him. Mm. And I think this is the point where Audrey 2 shows up out of Audrey Jr. Like, this is this point where the plant is just like, oh, you look you look big enough, fatty. <laughs> That's where everything Literal, about Literally, comes from. yeah, that, in, that, that one short scene. Because I think at one point he yes. says, like, you'll get yours. Yes. Yeah. And, and, that's, that, and that's the last thing but, the plant says to Mushnik. Yes, but Mushnik, his reaction... He is not afraid of this plant. He fucking hates this plant. He was like he was like mad at this plant. I think he was mad because of the moral dilemma. Because yeah. earlier in the movie, he he just says, "I'm making a ton of money," and that's that's again that's his only line where he has to really show this big dilemma in his mind. This plant eats people. It's making him a lot of money. Yeah. So, but before uh, Mushnik can really kind of duke it out with the plant. And it looks like, like, I have this written down. He, he will fight an evil plant. He's not, he's not about to hold back on this. Yeah, seriously. But before he can do that, a robber uh, who was kind of seen earlier in the movie walks in and attempts to rob Mushnik of what he assumes to that he assumes has a large amount of money because of the crowd of people who were in the shop earlier looking at Audrey Mm -hmm. and Mushnik may or may not have a large amount of money like I don't know if he has debts and he like used that money to pay him off it's never mentioned but he he has this great character moment again Mushnik is the best character in this movie but this is maybe his best character moment where he says the money's in the plant and this guy with the gun goes looking in the plant for the money and the plant eats him and now Mushnik has made this decision he has also fed the plant he has uh but but the the difference between again between Mushnik and Seymour is where Seymour stumbled upon a murder <laughs> Mushnik was acting in in self defense. Like this 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 robber like puts a gun to his head, counts up to five, and then starts counting back down to one. Right. And, and what is and a... you're right. It's true. But the reason that's why it's interesting because Seymour again doesn't seem to realize doesn't seem to give that a he shit. Should have a moral dilemma here, and Mushnik does. Mushnik cares that this is what he needs to do. Yeah. And. And that's why his character is so interesting. He's in this so movie. good. It it kind of hurts that his character is such a non-entity in the next film. I was well. That's that's kind of that's kind of what surprised me about this one, 
Like, that's why it felt so good to have him around, because I was genuinely surprised. Because what they do in the next film is they make Seymour into a real character. And that sort of means cutting Mushnick out. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. So, after after this, the next day, Mushnick tells uh, Seymour that, that he's going to watch the plant from now on, that he wants nothing to do with the plant anymore, and that after Seymour gets this big award from this... Uh, like, uh, what is it? The Society of Silent Flower Observers. Oh my god! Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fucking it's it's fucking wacky. There's no reason for this little bit. The Society of <laughs> Flower Observers is going to give an award, and um, jeez, is <laughs> going to give Seymour an award, and Mushnik decides that this is that's going to bring in enough money. They don't need the plant. Especially mm-hmm. because, hey, this plant kills people. And yeah. Seymour is like, oh, I'm going to have to destroy my plant. Oh, no. Despite the fact that the plant has eats people, eats Seymour. People, Seymour. This fucking guy. So, <laughs> so, 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 then Seymour's watching the plant in the evening. And Audrey decides to stay with him and have another date. And Seymour pretends oh my god i forgot about yeah this. There, there's this like so... there's like a bad exchange where like seymour is like like he's pretending that when the plant says feed me he's saying feed me and audrey's like you're being weird and i don't like it and he commits which is fair which is fair and he commits to it and and audrey uh, eventually is fed up and says you know what it's just i i don't want anything to do with this I yeah, I thought you were a nice guy, but you're like you're kind of just a, a fucking, fucking weirdo. Which hey, turns out is true, and also he's a murderer. So good instincts, Audrey. Yeah, you know what? seriously, better. You know what, Audrey? Good on you leaving this guy. So she leaves, and I mean, we're gonna talk about how much I like. I, I like the other Audrey's completely broken character. Like it's not because it's not because she's a good character. It's because she's a good character in that she is completely ever lovingly fucked up so yeah oh gosh <laughs> it's, it's it is bad it's it's uh but but the audrey leaves and seymour is and and seymour gets mouthy with the plant but again not for the reasons he should yeah seymour gets mouthy with the plant for 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 making him look weird in front of audrey and tells the plant that i'm done feeding you people <laughs> because you've then, messed up my relationship and, with my girlfriend and then here it fucking comes. So, the magic. Because as remember, I remember I had only seen, I had only seen the '80s version, which had a lot of like psychological stuff mm-hmm. in it, like a lot of playing with people's expectations and kind of uh, manipulating them into doing what you want. Mm-hmm. And the power level turns out. It turns out that the power level of this plan is much higher than we could have expected because all of a sudden it can hypnotize people. And it does it like exactly like a vampire would, where he just says something and then they play. What instrument? Simon is that? says, "No." What instrument do they play? I don't. I, I harpsichord i don't know what you're talking about it, I, it, it might be a harpsichord but there's like that one note like oh yeah yeah yeah. i think a harpsichord and then you know oh he's hypnotized, he's hypnotized. 
And I love... And he says to go get him some food, and he says, yes, master. I... Wanders out. I, wait, I love this line in the Wikipedia page. The plant okay. then employs hypnosis on the feckless lad. <laughs> that is the perfect... Oh my God. That is the perfect word to describe Seymour as a character. Feckless lad. Feckless. Here's something we need to know. Skid Row is lousy with prostitutes. And they might all be the same woman. <laughs> Skid Row is lousy with one prostitute. But she's she, everywhere. And she is persistent. These quintuplets get, get around. It, this weird, like, Nurse Joy situation of prostitutes. <laughs> you know what? She calls herself Nurse Joy. Oh, God, I don't want to do this. We're not making these jokes. You made the... Yeah, I made the one joke. So, I'm, all right, whatever. I, this Seymour, is my fault. I agree. Seymour is the Abbott and Costello serial killing. He he kills this woman on a pun. <laughs> I can't remember what she said. She said something that's supposed to be sexy, and he interpreted it as throw this rock into the air and let it hit me on my head. And, and so she, so, and so Seymour kills another person. But it genuinely felt like an Abbott and Costello routine. It, there is it a point like, where he who's on first? Yes. There is a point where fucking he like st- he like starts poking her. Yeah, it, to like it, it, see how good her meat is. And it's, it, it's a very weird scene. That feels, yeah, that feels like it just came out of an Abbott and Costello routine. Like, it is... It's it's, it's fucking weird. This movie does not know what it wants to be at it all. It really doesn't. It It is all over the place. So... So in the next scene, this, this uh, I guess, penultimate scene, Seymour's about to get his trophy for having a plan. And... and, and the reason they're delivering it now is because, according to his research, quote-unquote... This is when the flowers will open. Yeah, the flowers now, here's will the bloom. Thing. I thought that the flowers were going to bloom and it was going to be smaller Audrey Jr. Right? Yeah, that's where I thought this was going to. And I I will I want to remind everybody, I had not seen the 1986 musical comedy. My logical but, but assumption the, was just that these yes, flowers that's were the going logical to logical assumption and also that is the plot of the musical comedy of the of the musical comedy version where it's this plant's going to take over the world by having a bunch of plants. And, but, so, but instead, <laughs> but... we get the, the the most Twilight Zone fucking twist. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Because the flowers open, and inside each flower is the face of everyone the plant has eaten. And then we get a baffling chase a, the where because the 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 police decided to go to this uh set, set celebration uh because they they had run out of clues and they decided well this was where our investigation started so we'll just hang around and see what's the goings on they admit in the movie that the movie has no reason for cops to be here yeah like like and so they and mushnik start chasing seymour in like a scene that's way too long, and again is vaudevillian, like is not, in a way that is like it's. So here's the thing: this is a genuinely funny, well scripted chase scene. 
It just doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie is the problem. It's, 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 yes, it's not how the movie should end. So, so there's a chase scene. It, it goes on for a while. It's fun in a lot of ways. It's, it, I, I, I do feel like it goes on for like a little bit longer. It needs to. It ends up with Seymour hiding in a toilet. Yeah. He goes back. He goes back to the he shop. He goes back to the shop, calls the plant a stool pigeon, I think. <laughs> For narking on him for murdering people? Again, Seymour is still not mad at the plant for the reasons he should be. Because he, right. he like, like I think literally says the line, like, I can't believe you ruined my life. You ruined my life, yeah. Uh, he grabs... He grabs a knife. I guess like shears or, or it's a knife. It's a knife. It's a knife. And he says... I'm he says something about killing the plant so he goes to kill a plant he like goes inside it to kill it now again in this version in in the other version we are shown that the plant is bulletproof in this version we're not shown that and there's no reason he couldn't cut down the plant from the outside yeah he he decides he needs to go inside it to kill a plant and uh audrey jr fucking wins well not necessarily (laughs) not really because it starts dying out uh, no, in the next the, scene, at new, the end of the next a scene, new flower blooms. No, because remember, at the end of the next scene, the flower blooms and then dies. No, okay, but if that happens, I believe you. It did. I just remember. I just remember how the flower blooms. So, and, like his mom sees yeah. it. So yeah, our yeah, because like the entire Audrey cast sees it. Mushnick, yeah, Audric yeah. Mushtick and the cops go back to the shop, and uh, a flower opens, and it has uh, uh, Seymour's face in it, and he just says, "I didn't mean it," and then dies. And that's the end of the movie. It's that's the movie the just movie ended in the most baffling way. It it, it I, I wrote down here what a Twilight Zone ending, sudden, yes. unsatisfying but appropriate. Like <laughs> like like this movie had no idea what it wanted to be and had no idea how to end, so it just cuts to credits. Okay, and. And after we talk, after we're done talking about the next movie, I I do need to come because I need you to watch the like and, the, and, like and fifteen and, minutes. And I'm gonna ending. and I'm gonna do that live. Yeah, and we're going to talk about everybody needs a gimmick. We're gonna talk about the difference between a movie ending and a musical ending, and this just it's just. Yeah. I got a lot of opinions. So I got a lot of opinions. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the uh, screenwriter, the guy who wrote this movie. I'm looking at his uh, what he's done, and it seems like he also pretty much stuck with B movies up until he passed away. That's so odd. Everybody in this movie, except for Jack Nicholson, is like only did B movies. Yeah. But at the same time, right, like, Jack Nicholson really pops out of this movie. And not just because he's Jack Nicholson, but because of just how fucking creepy he is. But so does Mel Wells. I was really mad when I realized he's not really in a lot of shit. Like, he's in a lot of shit, but it's not, like, a lot of shit anybody's ever heard Yeah. I I wonder, and I wonder, like, maybe it's because Mel Wells was, like, an older actor by the time this movie came out. And Jack Nicholson was still, like, fresh-faced and young. Yeah, if this was like his big movie, then he wasn't going to get a lot more. On the 23rd day of the month of September, in an early year of a decade not too long before our own, the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, 
in seemingly the most innocent and unlikely of places. And then it starts going into the Little Shop of Horrors song. And it's just... Like, the last movie was noir from the very beginning. And this one starts off with, like, there's going to be an alien. Yeah, it it feels very <laughs> much like a, like a schlocky sci-fi uh, movie. Which is interesting because that's not at all what... What it ends up being. What it ends up being. Or what it began. Yeah, as. right. Like like the this kind of uh, take on it is is cool. Like it automatically like kind of catches you. It feels like and the font that they use feels like something out of a Goosebumps novel. Um, yes, but that's the thing about this movie. I feel like if the last movie didn't have tone, this movie knows what its tone is. Yeah, this this thing. movie from the get go understands what it wants to be the this chorus is amazing like if you guys haven't for some reason like me haven't seen this movie go listen to it watch it the it is fantastic i rented it for like four bucks off of amazon this one or one of the um gosh and 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 if you just want to listen to music this one or one of the many broadway recordings yeah they're all they're all really good it is quite amazing so and like uh, uh, this is something i i feel like we could mention up top um, there were a lot of different, it felt like, ethnicities of characters in the first Little Shop of Horrors, but they were still all white. Yeah, then that's very much a Hollywood thing, but this... But this immediately, like, Skid Row is multi-ethnic, because of course it is. Yeah. Because that's what the poorest place in town looks like. Yeah, it's... It's got a lot of black people and Latino people and white people, and they're all just living in shit together. And, and yeah, and, like, it, it also helps that, like, just because of the, the way that the musical evolved in the United States as an industry, there is there has always been an abundance of minority singers and actors that fit into those roles um so so the 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 cast the background cast in this movie is very um diverse and that's really great uh but at the end of the The day the main cast is the whitest like the 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 whitest bread i have ever tasted like they're but they're all supposed to be i feel like they're all supposed to be not only their own characters but also portraits of um sort of stereotypes of this place it, like audrey audrey is like a, a mobster's wife character yeah and her boyfriend is amazing it's like evil elvis and we'll talk about her boyfriend when we get to him i will say the 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 this movie so the the, the this movie immediate like from the get-go seymour mm-hmm. in this movie is a very different character he is this kind of a uh, hidden genius botanist who lives in the basement of this flower shop. Um, yes, and in fact, he has in the Skid Row song, which is great, and I have a bunch of lines just about yeah, the just about the Skid Row song. But in the Skid Row song, he sings about his his beginning, which is my favorite thing about musicals that you can naturally get somebody telling you something, which would be shitty exposition in any other. Uh, former media because he says um in fact first he starts talking about god and then immediately switches to mushnik which is great because you think oh this guy is like his god yeah this guy this and he says he says he took him in off the streets and he gave him a job yeah 
but also he's still a fuck up. Yeah, and, and and I will say that this one of the most '80s things about this movie is it reframes the entire conflict of Seymour as a character as mm-hmm. kind of being this like nerds versus jock kind of thing. Yeah, it does feel like it, that a bit. It, and 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 I, I wrote down like you know it's the '80s because it's nerds versus jocks. Like <laughs> that's how you know. It, it it was a very popular stereotype. Yeah, because it's such a. I don't watch a lot of eighties. Yeah, and I thought about it immediately because when you told me Rick Moranis was in it, I immediately knew what this character was going to be. Because yes. Rick Moranis, no, he's he's yeah. the Rick Moranis. Character. Yeah, Rick Moranis throughout his life played two kinds of characters. He played uh, nerds who are down on their luck and eventually get the girl, or weird dads <laughs> like that. That was and to be fair, he does it really well. No, yeah, like he does. he's a great and actor. I, it's a shame that he's typecast this way, but he, but he's a, he's still a good actor despite that. Yeah. So we we get this we get the Skid Row song and it's got. It's, it does the classic. Oh no 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 no! I'm sorry. The Skid Row song isn't until later. I want to mention this first. We meet Mushnik Audrey and Seymour. Yes. Seymour, um, like in the last movie, is clumsy. Very clumsy. But unlike in the last movie, is not an idiot. He's clumsy more out of stress. Like, yeah, that's what it Like, he's like. just so stressed that he can't help but make mistakes. So he breaks a bunch He breaks a bunch of pots. And and Mushnik gets a good line. He doesn't get nearly as many good lines in this because the movie's never about him. But he gets the good line when he sees Audrey has a black eye. He says, I'm beginning... He says about her boyfriend, I'm beginning to think he's maybe not such a nice boy. <laughs> yep. And I think that says a lot about their relationship. Yeah, like... In that he's, like, not her dad. And, like, can't tell her what to do. But also kind of feels like he should. Yeah. And so, Mr. Uh, after spending the day... Well, okay, first I want to mention that there is a very classic, like, uh, Howard Ashman, uh, Alan Menken move in the intro song where they transitioned from the song being about where like what the setting is to being about Mm -hmm. what the characters want that is like like you see this a lot in the disney movies that these two worked on later like Mm -hmm. it it's it's a good move it feels natural because a lot of like like one of the big things is that these that these characters talk about is they are who they are because they live in this place but i want more if i mean if we're gonna be singing I can do my thing. I can do the line I wrote down. <laughs> um, you, I, you, I, I, I know it. you probably wrote down just every lyric to every song. No, I didn't because I've listened to all these songs a million times and I know them all. Oh, heart. damn it. But what the, the line I wrote down is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie mm-hmm. because it tells you again, it tells you at the top everything you need to know. Yeah. And it's I do. I don't know what to get out of here. Yeah. So this is this is sung by Seymour while everybody else is singing backup cuz everybody wants to get out of skin. Yeah. It's But Seymour Seymour pretty explicitly says he'd do basically anything to get yeah. out of skid row. He's desperate for change. That's when that's that that's an important thing to keep in mind for the rest of the movie. Yeah, so when we find out what anything is. So Mr. Mushnik uh decides to close the shop because you know what they've been there all day they've gotten haven't gotten Nobody's a single customer they're never gonna get a single customer he's done with it 
He's... Yes, and the shop is the shop is failing. Now, to be fair, this is this... that shop has no flowers on display. Here's the interesting thing about this about this um, scene uh, from my point of view. Let me explain this. This might be something I cut because it might come out as nonsense. Okay. Um, there is a novel version of Back to the Future. Fuck. I need to stop drinking water when you talk. Because <laughs> I did not expect you to there's go a, there. There's a novel version of Back to the Future. In the novel version of Back to the Future, which, by the way, I only know about because Ryan North read it page to page and posted updates for like a year about it. It is a wonderful journey. Um, the, there's a novel version of Back to the Future. And in this novel version of Back to the Future, there's that scene where Biff wrecks uh, Martin... Uh, What's his name? Marty. Marty's dad. Oh, I forget. It doesn't matter. George. He wrecks George's car. But in the novel, it's Marty says he he nearly totaled it. And Ryan North points out that in the movie, they totaled the car. And there's no reason not to total the car because they don't need the car to work later. This car should be totaled because you need to bring as as much plot as you can into this scene because there's no point in having it be almost total when it could be completely total. Mm-hmm. And what that made me think of when I was watching this was Mushnix is failing. In the last movie, this was about Seymour losing his job. No, this is everybody's livelihood on the line. This isn't the one character who's a serial killer that... It's fucking just awful that we don't like losing his job. It's about these three people and even this neighborhood and this shop is closing. Mm-hmm. And that's just, um, I mean, once, so it came out like 25 years later, right? They had some time to think about how the plot would be different when they made the other movie. Yeah. But that's, that's, that feels like a simple thing looking back. Yeah, it's it's you a, put you add more to yeah, it. Yeah, uh, one of the things you have, one of the things that helps in this movie is they 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 raise the stakes, but also like they're more personal. Mm-hmm. But then also they raise the stakes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then they raise them again. Yeah, it's like we're gonna raise the personal stakes, and then later, you know what we should also do is just raise the stakes in general. We we put them onto this long stick and we just put them real high up there. <laughs> so Mushnik's is failing. Mushnik decides you don't come in tomorrow. He says, I think he says to both of them, don't come in yeah. tomorrow. But Seymour lives in the basement. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Like, all right. I won't go upstairs today. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> he says don't come in tomorrow. Seymour and Audrey convince him that he needs to look at Seymour's weird plant uh, that he called Audrey Two. He called Audrey Two and. This, I mean, this is the first note I make about it, but it happens. There are like five separate Audrey Two puppets. Yeah, and they're all in amazing work. Puppets. They are. Like, there's also a like what feels like is a good combination of puppetry and CGI that feels good. Do you know what? I looked it up, and they're fucking. Isn't. It's all real puppetry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's all real. This That's is Frank Oz. He's not cutting amazing. corners. Amazing. I know, right? I I looked it up and, and, and it said like specifically in every scene with Audrey 2, there's no CGI. Oh man. That, it makes me so fucking happy because Audrey 2 looks like a living being. Yeah, it. 
Uh, and that also that also sort of colors later. Uh, <laughs> Frank Oz never thought this movie should be about the people <laughs> because it's not. I think in his mind it was about the plant because you know that's he spent all his time on this plant. Yeah, the the the, the whole movie is about is in a way about this plant to the point where the, the plant steals the show during its musical number, literally. And we'll. We'll get to that because it's a big fucking deal, especially, again, I, I keep on saying this, but especially in the alternate ending version. Which I still haven't seen. Um, yes. So. So, Audrey 2 is a fantastic work, work of puppetry. Seymour, Se- <laughs> Seymour puts it on the windowsill, and uh, Mr. Mushnik says, just, by, just because we have a plant on the windowsill doesn't mean we're going to get customers. At which point, the creepiest man in the movie walks into the shop. The man asks where uh, Seymour got Audrey too, and he got it from a total eclipse of the sun. He got it. He got it from like a very racist. racist yeah, character. he got it from a very racist Chinese flower shop. Right. So after hearing Ugh. after hearing this story, um, during a total eclipse of the during sun, during the total eclipse of the sun, when the plant just showed up, yeah. And after he told him the story, the creepy man just goes, "Oh, I I want to buy fifty dollars worth of roses. Can you break a hundred? And Mr. Mushnik gets all depressed, like, no, I can't. I don't have any money. He says, well, then I guess I'll just have to buy $100 worth of flowers. This man has, like, the most unnatural cadence. I think that's the point, he, he, I think yeah, he's supposed to have he, he, he feels like the least life-alive character in this movie. In I feel a way, like after watching that other movie, I feel like he may have been supposed to be... Like, I keep on looking for references and i feel like he may have been supposed to be the reference to the guy who ate the flower yeah like this 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 fucking weirdo weird thing that happened but instead of having him throughout the whole movie i cannot stress enough how the guy who ate the flowers was in that entire movie like he's in the scene where Um, the buds open just eating flowers like yes (laughs) Uh. um he instead of instead of um I think he mentions that in the entire movies in the one scene. I, I also I forgot to mention this. There is a point in the the old movie where the guy who eats the flowers says to a woman from the who's presenting the trophy that he thinks the, that flower is indigestible. <laughs> yes. And then the and then and then he said and then he says as he walks out, well, there's no accounting for how people's taste, oh, which is pretty this choice wordplay. Guy. Yeah, um, where the hell were we? This guy bought a hundred. Yeah, this guy bought so hundred dollars. People, people are flocking to Mushnik's shop to see this weird flower mm-hmm. and also buy flowers now. Also, suddenly the shop has flowers to sell because before it was just completely empty. They were, I don't know, in the back. I think maybe, I think maybe the reason Mushnik's shop was failing is because Mushnik refused to put flowers on display. It's distinctly possible. Maybe he keeps them all refrigerated because he can't sell them. Afford to not have them last. Yeah, what, a, what? As long as possible. So, the after the day, uh, the plant starts dying, and Mushnik tells Seymour that he, if he doesn't bring that plant back to life, then there's nothing he can do about uh, keeping the shop open. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a good mirror to the to the earlier scene. It's, uh, they're about to go to a restaurant to celebrate, and then the plant starts yeah, dying. Yeah, and so, so Seymour, uh, kind of laments a bit in song how he's done everything he can to keep this plant alive, and just, it just, he just doesn't know what it wants. Food. 
I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy. Unless I open a vein. It's a fucking good song. It is, it Every is. song in this movie is I great. will not say that, but I like this song. Oh, did you not like Audrey's song? Uh, mm, yes, but not for the reason you think. Okay. Actually, is, sorry. Uh, sorry, no, 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 no. That's not the song that I don't like. The, that, there are two songs that I don't like, and that's not one of them. Or do you not like Suddenly Seymour? I fucking hate that song. That song does not okay. deserve a reprise, but we'll get there. That song the last did not originally fucking... get a reprise. Again. The... Yeah, I know, but like... The, th- the song that got a reprise was Somewhere That's Green, and it was fucking dark, and I need to stop talking about the alternate ending. So... <laughs> I'm so twisted about Suddenly Seymour, I can't decide how I feel about I... it. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it when we get there. Um, So, Seymour realizes that he needs to feed this plant blood, human blood. But unlike in the last movie, where it seems like he feeds him human blood once, he is shown feeding him human blood, like, a, for a while. Yeah, like, for multiple he's, days. He's, he's keeping Audrey 2 alive on his own fingers. And uh, and Audrey 2 starts growing pretty rapidly, and Seymour becomes uh, a local a local celebrity. Um, he, mm-hmm. ha- he gets an interview on the radio in a bit that feels like it doesn't belong in this movie well it was a bit with john candy and this was back when movies had guest stars yeah so john candy also apparently john candy and uh rick moranis were really good friends so yes uh i i read that apparently actually john candy passed on the role of um the dad from honey i shrunk the kids because he said rick moranis should get it yeah. Which, yeah, like looking back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, he he does he does the interview. We get the uh, again. I think this is just such a great moment where he says, "You know that total eclipse of the sun," and then it we cut there because it's going to be the same story. Yeah. And uh, I love that cut though because the the cut doesn't happen until you hear the sting that is the beginning of the, the song. Da-doo. Yeah. Yes. Da-doo. And then it cuts so. That, and I want to talk about this, but this is a very well-directed movie, and it really abuses the fact that it is a musical in ways that are very creative and fun. Mm-hmm. Should Should we talk about this now, or should we talk about this later? Adapting musicals to, to film, and how how good this one is compared. Oh my God! No, we have to talk about that. Not only later, it has to be after you watch the. Okay, thing. okay. Because that's all about adapting musicals to film. I swear okay. to God. Okay, all right. Um, so the background. By the way, I I, I want to mention here the backgrounds, the like matte paint, the matte paintings and the sets in this movie are fantastic. They feel like uh, it feels like something out of like a book and, and a lot of scenes. Mm. It's just it looks so good. Yes, and I love the set dressing in this movie, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's. I just this this whole thing. It it looks. It just looks. Beautiful. It just looks fantastic. The whole movie, like, and it's not. It's not just. It's not just that it looks beautiful. It looks realistic when it needs to, and, and over the and top. Yeah, when it it it, needs it, to. it 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 has a fantastic combination of like fantastical, and also and mundane. yeah, and mundane. It it's really good. So Audrey misses uh the radio interview for seymour Mm -hmm. uh because she was on a date with her boyfriend 
And she's got her arm in a sling. Yeah, and the choir suggests that maybe she needs to move on from this guy because he's he's kind of a jerk. And she, and Audrey kind of and Audrey kind of like walks into her like shrugs them off and walks into her apartment and starts dreaming about how she wishes she could be with somebody like Seymour. Mm-hmm. And and we get what to me is a uh like a short episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> where where uh, okay. Audrey dreams of this fucking like of this fucking Sears catalog ass domestic life. It feels sort of like Stepford Wives type of thing. It is her dream 60s life is baffling and hilarious because this movie takes place in the 60s, right? Because that's when the first movie came yeah. out and it said decade like a couple decades yeah. ago in the intro. Yeah. Yes. So her idea of the present is like is is uh the, is an 80s person's over the top idea of there the there is a tupperware club in her fantasy there, there is, is a, a tupperware fucking club. tupperware club in her fantasy and that that yes. should tell you all you need to know and if you don't know what a tupperware club is look it up it is the craziest thing one of my favorite lines as a kid was um even though it's not that good a line, mm-hmm. but like it was, it was a joke that I got. Was when she said uh, they would watch Lucy on a big, enormous twelve-inch screen. Yeah, that was good. Yes. <laughs> Shit, man, TVs. Um, <laughs> so very so like like what what Audrey like now this is like we get a clear picture of what Audrey wants. Audrey wants. Audrey wants the domestic life that she feels she doesn't deserve because if she deserved yes. it, she would have it. Yes, and Audrey is Audrey is broken in almost every conceivable way. Yeah. Um and she is very much the girlfriend of an abuser and I want to get into that not now but well, later. We're almost there. We're not because what I mean, we kind of are. She well, first she dates a physical abuser, but when she dates Seymour, there's this one moment that pops out to me as Yeah. Unintentional on his part. Yeah. But genuine emotional abuse. Yeah. And um it will get there. Well, pro- I mean, he doesn't So we I think he's had one girlfriend and it's her. Yeah. So And then she she is not like Here's the thing about Audrey. She should spend some time single. That's the long and short of it. She doesn't... Audrey needs to spend some time around competent, emotionally secure women role models so that she understands why but here's her thing. twisted view of the world is the way it is and why it sucks. Here's the thing. Here's here's genuinely what she needs. She needs to get out of skin she, she, And that's impossible. Well, she should, she could at least hang out with the choir. Like they seem to really get have their shit together. I think there's this scene. I think they might be fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> they're in high school. I think because the Mushnik yells at them to not loiter. Yeah, I think they're kids. Even though there is, like, when they get when they act as the choir, they're they're not. very much adults. They're they're like actual grown women. But I think in the story, they're like. Mm. Just like a, a bunch of oh, uh, Dag, I a, forgot to a, a I forgot to talk about this. Kids. 
in the opening yeah. of the movie when the choir is singing it's raining but everywhere they walk the rain like doesn't hit them it like is in a halo around them and that is a super cool effect because it it cool. instantly like takes them out of the setting but so when in later on in the movie when they're just walking around certain scenes your brain is already like well they're not they're not a part of this story they're framing it it's right they're the ones they're the ones telling the story yeah. and they do interact with the story but uh but not as the choir yeah they're so yeah but when they're the choir versus when they're like just characters like there's a clear separation of those two things and it the the intro scene kind of really helps set up that like these people are are allowed to break the rules of the film mm-hmm. and it's it's like it's like this film was directed well yes yeah, it's, it's almost like that yeah <laughs> god frank oz <laughs> so good so so in 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 this in this next scene uh Seymour comes in with this like his hands all bandaged up, and he, he, the plant's bigger, and the shop's full, and he, he is um, even more careless now, yes. because he's been losing blood every night. Yeah. And the reason I mention this isn't because it's an important scene. He and Audrey have like a conversation that like he feels like could be, like maybe she's noticing him type of thing. Yeah. Uh but the reason I'm mentioning it is because while they're doing it they're getting funeral flowers set up and don't get me wrong the scene where they get the funeral flowers set up is funny because audrey's like using glitter spraying glitter yeah but the reason i found it funny was that it was a clear reference that i had missed my entire life to the old movie notice this to this old movie because mushnick says old family they're dying off like flies yep like it is yeah it is a joke that you can only appreciate if you've seen the original little shop and mm-hmm. the so Seymour kind of asks her uh, if she wants to go shopping with him so that she can help him pick out some clothes for uh, his interviews and stuff. And she says right. no and because she, she says, has a date. And this is where we meet. No, 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 no. I need to I need to th- to get the opening line in because Mushnik comes in. He's like, you have a date with that guy again? And he says, I, this is a bad guy. Don't go out with him. And and she says, well, he's a professional. He says, a professional? What kind of professional drives around in a... a on, on, a a, motorcycle, on a motorcycle in a leather and, jacket. And wears a leather jacket. And then... We meet the best cameo appearance that this movie has given me because we see Steve Martin himself. A dentist. I don't know... I don't know how he managed not to be typecast as abusive dentist in all of his he, movies. This is my favorite song in the goddamn film. It's a good song. It is a fantastic song. It's a good song. song, but better than the song are the visuals that go along with it. And again, I, I read about this. Apparently, a lot of them um, he insisted on. Like, There's a scene where he punches the nurse. Yes, and then there's a scene... That was him... Doing. There's a scene <laughs> like deciding he should punch. There's him. a scene later where he's gonna open the door, but then he waits until the nurse is walking yes. next to it, and then he opens it. Yes, this is one of the best songs in the movie. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, I am a I am your dentist. I have a talent for causing things pain. Ah, oh, what a good song. Mm-hmm. 
I love the last line of this song, by the way. Who wants their teeth done by the Marquis de Sade? Like, who's going to get that reference? No one. (laughs) Fucking. So stupid. Oh, man. The song, it's it's so It is a great song. And Steve. It's so fucking good. But I, I, I have to say, like, so many of the songs in this movie are fucking good. Actually, I've listened to the musical, and, like, there are some songs that were cut or shortened, and it pains me still. Even though I love this movie, like, there are some songs... There's a great song in the musical where where um, Seymour is singing about how he's suddenly... Like, how things are on the up and up for him. And the choir's singing, and he interrupts them to say that... Uh, what what's his line? Oh, I just cut my hand and in a snap, something out of Edgar Allan Poe has happened, and it's <laughs> like <laughs> I just love that. Man. I I love it. I love it in musicals when there is like a creative playfulness between characters as they sing to each other. And unfortunately, yes. this movie doesn't seem to have many of those, but the ones it does have are fan fucking tastic. So we meet the dentist, and it's just, it's, this is all just a scene with the dentist, and it's him and torturing his patients while singing, and he is having so much fun. He's having a great time. And then we cut back, Uh, and then we cut back to to Mushnicks at night. Yeah, and Seymour is closing up the shop, and Audrey, too, uh, is asking Seymour, feed me. Now wait, not yet, because first we need to see Audrey and the dentist go off. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that's important, because he gets there, he sees the place, like, whoa! And... <laughs> Just Elvis. I'm sorry, I didn't... He's Elvising all over the place. Yeah, he, he, he's Elvising pretty hard. What's that over there? Um, And he treats Audrey like shit, and Seymour sees this, and there's not much he can do about it, because... He's a nerd. One, he's... he Well, one, he's a nerd, but also, like... I genuinely don't know what I would do if, like, somebody was treating their girlfriend like shit, but she was, like, putting up with it. Like, what do you do in that situation? You, like, I don't want to get you, in between people's relationships, but if it's abusive, it's hard to tell. Yeah, you, I don't know. You look, you look at her and say, are you sure this is what you want? And, and like, not in a, but not in a you should be with me kind of way that this movie throws out, just, like, in a... Like that you did, like if you need somewhere that's safe, like that that can be this place. Like just remind them. But at the same time, like in, you don't do that in front of their abuser. Yeah, it's 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 rough. And so we see this movie, by the way, absolutely refuses to even comment on that whole thing. Like like it it Does it presents the fact that this is an abusive relationship but it refuses to actually say anything about it in a way that feels very, like, unfair to the film. I want you to explain this. So, like, because the, I, I, the, the film, I, the film I, goes I, I, out of I its... I want you to enunciate the f- The film goes out of its way to not... to paint this relationship as abusive without mm-hmm. really giving a shit about what those implications would mean in a way that says... Mm-hmm. Also, abusive relationships are bad, and that's and the reason it does that is because at the end of the day, this mu- this this movie and musical need to be a comedy, 
Yeah. But I feel like okay. I feel like you could I have. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's I, it's just it'd be a hard tone to hit. I just didn't need the 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 way that this the way that this movie frames its very like infrequent female characters is something that I didn't need from it. Like it could have done this more with more taste than it does. It might be because I'm still thinking about the alternate ending, man. But I feel like the point of this. The, the point of the movie is that it's the way I see it Audrey is the central tragedy of the movie mm-hmm. because she is used by the people around her mm-hmm. and she never has her own agency she never has her own agency the whole time and Seymour doesn't realize he's using her I think mm-hmm. uh, but Audrey too is definitely using her and uh, the dentist is definitely using her, and the only person really looking out for her is Mushnick, but he doesn't. He's a non-character. He 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 doesn't help her either. There's, and that's I guess I guess that's what I'm saying is is like the that's fine. I see what the like I can I see what you what you what you see in the way the movie frames everything. I just think that it comes like there are a lot of things that just come off as very tasteless and unnecessary, like. Okay. Like I get, the, I can read the subtext. I get it. I do not. I did not need the scene of Steve Martin punching this woman. Like not, not the nurse. Well, then she falls. Then she falls off the, uh, the motorcycle, and that's like. And yeah, like. That's even worse. But also, you know what? That scene, while also being terrible, might might have been a better one to have in there because it's it's less. Like it's an over the top thing, but it, but that... it's not over the top enough that I wasn't just kind of left with a bad taste in my mouth, right? Like it, it right. just it, and and maybe this is the problem with the fact that this movie was written like in the eighties, like like I was going to say that's in the 80s that's because, that's like, not an excuse a... for the fact that it kind of sucks that they did this. It's just a reason why it is the way it is. Yeah, it's just that like like Back to the Future. I like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Part of it hinges on an almost rape scene. Yep. And that's a big thing in 80s movies. Yep. And that's what I'm saying, right? Is like. And it's like, that's like shorthand for, oh, this is the bad guy. But. Mm. And that's the thing is like, like, that's not. They're, 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 the, the excuse. There's no excuse for that. It's bad writing. But. It yeah, really but it's shows also a you. It really, of its time. It, yeah. It really shows you where this movie was when it was made, and I just don't mm. enjoy it at all. Okay. And, and like, I feel like you could have, you can cut a lot of the scenes in this movie out that are about that stuff because at the end of the day, I get it. I don't need to see all of the fluff. To I don't need to see the reminders. Then we get to um, Audrey 2 starts speaking to Seymour. Tells, this is the yeah. first time this happens. Tells him he should feed him. He says, feed me. Says, feed uh, me. He, he says, what do you want me to do? Slit my wrists? And Audrey 2 goes, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> so uh, we get a, we get a, pretty great musical number where Seymour is initially hesitant because the plant says well maybe just kill somebody and 
I'll give you. Yeah, a lot of folks deserve to die. Yeah, and 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 like, but he specifically frames it as you kill somebody for me, and I'll give you everything you want. This is a. This is like. Yes. I'm your. This is a. I'm your genie. I am your Ursula. I'm your friend. I'm your willing slave. <laughs> I can't. I'm not allowed. <laughs> I'll I'll do the whole fucking song. The guy sure looks like plant food to Can me. Can we not? Anyway. <laughs> um. So so yes, Audrey too sings a song, and actually Seymour gets one of his best. I feel like musical lines, which is just the I don't know bit. Yeah. Where you do see Seymour struggling over this idea of... Is it worth it? Again, this is his way out of Skid Row. But is it worth it? But could he do this? Yes. And And then, um... uh, Audrey 2 says that a lot of folks deserve to die. And Seymour says he doesn't know anybody who deserves to be chopped up and fed to a hungry plant. (laughs) And then we get that domestic violence scene. Yeah. And uh, that's that's sort of Seymour's breaking. There point. is a wonderful framing device here, where the camera zooms in on Seymour and Audrey witnessing this happening in the shop, and mm-hmm. Seymour's face is like illuminated by the red neon of the cl- of the closed sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to say something else about this. Um, Good direction. The thing that the thing that almost went Seymour over when he starts really talking about what he would want, he wants a motorcycle. Mm. And when because he, he says like uh, I want a Harley machine, uh, what does he say? Tooling to run like I was James Dean. Yeah. Uh, and he like just saw the guy with Audrey had a motorcycle, and like anything, anything bad about this guy, he's also got like a cool motorcycle, and I'm thinking that's where his head's at. Even though he, won't, he doesn't admit it, openly. yeah, it's it's very pos- it's it's very possible, and it's easy to take it that way. So Seymour decides to go to a dentist appointment. But before we get to his dentist appointment, we have to do we have to uh, we have to we have to work on uh, on the next best cameo appearance in this film. It's Bill Murray. He has this great scene where he's talking to the this the last person who went in there. Who is a a little girl with braces? Maybe like yeah, maybe like that, but not just with braces. She has like the, the full. full mouth thing, and and she's like, he's like, tell me everything. What did he do? And she's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. and he goes, yeah, they have to do that to remove the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, this is this is one of the few movies that I'm going to add to my list where Bill Murray was not insufferable. He is fantastic in this. Bill Murray uh, walks into the dentist because he needs a long, slow root canal. <laughs> so, so they, after what is, go, guys, go watch this movie, please. Like, it's so it's it's, it's, it's a really it's a charming film despite all of the problems I have I, with it. Like, it is. It, I, I know. I know. Andy has a problem with the lack of feminism, and I understand that. Lack like, of I feminism. Like there not... is an active like anti-feminism in this movie that is unintentional. There's an anti-feminism, but that's not the. I feel like it's not the tone. It's trying. To, it doesn't matter. You know what? Watch the movie. Form your own opinions. It's. Like, it's, it's a it's, genuinely charming musical. It's. 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 It's still real good. Uh, so, after after this amazing scene. Our, 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 after, <laughs> it's a professionalism that I respect. 
it's after so after this movie uh after so See. fuck after this movie we're done <laughs> so after <laughs> oh so oh, it's you threatening that this so, time so after this scene um uh it's seymour's turn at the chair yes because because the dentist kicks out Orin. yeah kicks out bill murray for, for being a weirdo being kinky <laughs> he because he likes inflicting pain on others and he is not okay with somebody enjoying yeah so which tells you a lot about him and why he actually like would not do well in the snm community yeah because a big part of the snm community is you know being aware of the limits of your partner and respecting mm-hmm. that so, so for uh, after looking at uh, Seymour's teeth, he thinks, "Now this is this is a big. This is going to be a big haul. We're going to need to use a lot of gas for this one." And Seymour, wait, 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 wait! Don't skip over one of my favorite stupid jokes in this movie. What? Um, they they he shows what a neglected mouth looks. Oh like. God! And it's a photo of a fucking dog. <laughs> It's a photo of a dog, and that dog has some gnarly that teeth. dog? But it's definitely a dog. But Seymour's reaction to it, like, oh god, my mouth could look like yeah, that? Yeah, like, that That feels very much like a joke about dentists that is great. <laughs> Your mouth could... It also kind of feels like a joke that would have fit in the 60s version. Yeah, for real. Like, that's so easy could have been a throwaway joke somebody made in the 60s version, and it would have fit right in there with its fucking weirdness. Oh, oh gosh. Also, I want to mention that apparently Seymour, like, founded the school of how Marvel characters should disguise themselves. Because he walks into this dentist shop, like, armed with a revolver, but also wearing, like, only a ball cap and a bright orange jacket. Like, no one will see me in this. (laughs) This baseball cap is all I need to blend into the crowd. What it is, Andy, is you have to, you have to have something memorable that you don't wear again. That's how they get you. They say red jacket to the police. The police can't find that jacket. So, this... Yeah, I put a fake scar over your so eye. This, then they'll remember the scar. This, this, this next scene is one of the most unsettling things that this movie does. Oh my god, again, I need to jump in. The musical version has, like, a call-and-response of this, where Seymour is hyping himself up to shoot the guy, and he's singing about how he can't get the mask off. That's terrible. So he's, like, yeah, so he's like singing about, like, kill him, kill him now, do it! And, and he says, I can't! And then Orin starts singing, don't, don't be fooled if I should giggle like a happy dope it's just the gas and and he's saying about how he's asphyxiating yeah uh, while he's laughing about it and um, in the movie the movie we don't get this we don't get the song all we get is the horrible well-acted death of asphyxiation by laughing gas holy shit like what a horrifying way to die it is a horrifying way to die however this version of the dentist actually has a meaningful death which was very important to me yeah after watching the 60s version of the dentist die for no, no reason no they were dueling and, and he was stabbed with the drill the, yes and i with Are there, it, i know 
By the way, we're skipping over a lot about the dentist because we're not going to go into all this, but, like, that scene is my favorite dentist scene in movies. There is an amazing shot from inside of a patient's mouth, and I want to know how they shot that. And the thing where, um, he's about to work on on Seymour, and he pulls out the antique drill. Oh, yeah. That's, like, how I feel when I go to the dentist. It's like, they don't make them like this anymore. Sturdy. And dull. <laughs> it's, yes. it's rusted. It's an antique. <laughs> yes, it's it's brilliant. This, this whole character. This depiction of dentists is how I feel every time I've ever gone to the dentist. So Steve Martin dies. Steve Martin a dies. A horrific, horrible death. And then uh, Seymour drags him off to the shop. Mm-hmm. And Audrey, Audrey too tells him he needs to cut him up. Yeah, can't eat him whole. Which is, oof. so, so he goes to cut him up, and who walks in? Now, this is so much more important than the last movie because in in my mind, the movie, the last movie made the mistake of having Mushnick blame the plant, even though Seymour definitely killed somebody to feed that plant. And this movie, he never finds out that the plant is alive. No, he does. Like, sentient. Uh, he does. <laughs> Very late. A little too late. Too late, some might uh, say. Um, tooth. But Mushnik discovers late. the crime of mutilating the dentist's uh, corpse. And uh, he just runs away in horror. And then I feel like there's a is there a musical number? Well, during the musical number, uh, Seymour feeds Audrey too. I don't think so. I will say I do, I. But there's like there's like a musical interlude. Yeah, there's, there's like, like a montage. I remember music to yes, this. There, there yeah, is a, a there is a sting to him cutting up the body. And I will say I am very yeah. very very mad that this movie didn't just steal the amazing cut that is feeding a corpse to a plant to somebody else eating food. It could have been done very easily. Yeah. It's a great shot. The one shot from the last movie that I wanted to see in this one, and it's nowhere to be found. How, I'm sorry, how Andy. dare they? Anyway, this movie's garbage. Don't watch it because of that. I'm... Seymour does not get any sleep. He is racked with guilt. His bed is made the next morning, and he's sitting next to it, and he is... He, he's, Again, he's actually shown affected by his actions instead yeah. of. Yeah, he's like it's like in the last movie where it's like it. he's a character. Mm-hmm. And so then he sees Audrey talking to the police and goes out there to talk. And to we her. and we come to my least favorite song in this goddamn movie. I think I understand why this is your least favorite. Yes. Song. But why don't you tell me about it? I will say the first thing that weirded me out about this song is the fact that they just say Kleenex. Here, take, I don't know why that bothers me, but it did. Here, take my Kleenex. I guess he does <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah. This, I don't think they were getting paid by Kleenex. So this movie has a... In in today's world, this song leaves a very bad taste in my mouth because this is an entire song about the fact that Seymour is a nice guy. Mm-hmm. and And maybe what what uh audrey just needs is to be with a nice guy who's always been there for her 
I under- and they're such okay. good friends, and he's such a nice guy. TM TM TM. I need to. I, 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 I want to put a And I understand. Here. I, I under. Here no 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 no. I understand that that is absolutely not in any way what this song is focusing no, on. That's that's not that's not what I mean. That's okay. not what I mean. What I want to say is. I mean, this movie came out way before nice guy culture. And maybe this movie, I, along with other, especially romantic movies from the 80s, helped push that idea along. I I think so. But I I don't know if you can... That feels like a lot to hang on it. It's, it, it is, but maybe it's just because I'm so fucking tired of it. Like, I just... Mm. Like, it is... Well, that's... Like, yes. it's not like... Like, the, the entire kind of linchpin of this song is the fact that Seymour treats her nice. You're right. It's, I'm, it's... I'm, but the thing that, that the thing that stops me from completely hate, hating it is when he says um, like the, it says provides you sweet understanding Seymour's your friend. And then there's, there's a bit where it's um, the, the bit where it's like he showed me I can like that. That is is positive stuff, but then there's other stuff which is like he purified me. Yeah, it's, it's which it, maybe that just sounded good it, on a recording, but it, mm. it's the whole song is framed in this very weird kind of like worship kind of way that just leave it just feels creepy and gross and bad. And and you're right, it's not fair that I should hang like all of this kind of bad shit that this tone of relationship has taken in the last kind of decade. But I, I will agree that this is a very problematic. Yeah. Like this movie is this movie. And uh, honestly, a lot of movies with Rick Moranis in them, because this is just the character he played a lot are indicative of this problem. Like secretly. Yeah. Guy that nobody knows. Yeah. Like it is indicative of the problem that if you're just nice to people, then that's your ticket in. And I will say, I do. I, I appreciate the fact that this movie this movie uh, stops short of a lot of of what a lot of other movies do because all this movie says is like like Seymour's a nice guy and maybe that's enough and as creepy as it frames it it doesn't go to the extent that because Seymour is a nice guy that's his ticket to sex that other later movies yeah. do yeah well and here's I, I I I also have kind of a lot of faith in Howard Ashman and um no I do too it's unfortunate. Uh, 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 yeah, that, that's, that, that's that's the thing. I think, I do think this is a problematic song in a lot of the way, a lot of the things done with it. But I also think the reason it didn't go as far as, like, it kind of feels like the next logical step is. Yeah, it's is because they they didn't want it. Yeah, like they and and they. I, I that was that was a decision they made. Yeah, you know? and and the movie feels like it really takes that decision to heart as well in a way that is hard to miss because like even in uh Audrey's fucking weird Sears catalog fantasy like they both have separate beds. Well, yes, so, cuz it's not only a Sears catalog fantasy, it's a it's a 60s TV fantasy, and you weren't allowed to have yeah. one bed. You know why that was in Lucy? Um, you know why they did that in I Love Lucy, right? I genuinely thought it was because they weren't allowed to have one bed on television. No, it, couldn't it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. It was because her husband was Hispanic, and they could not show that these two people were having an interracial relationship that was sexual oh in any God. way. 
That is so gross. Right? Like, and don't get me wrong, there were a lot of, like, obscure sex rules at the time, but this specific choice was because of, uh, I forget the actor's name. Ricardo, Ricky Ricardo? Something like that? Look, I am genuinely, like, maybe... I don't know any of the actors, and I love I mean, Lucy. you know Lucy. I barely know Lucille Ball. Is that her? I think it Car-carrying is. Car-carrying communist. I think this might be the time I grew up in versus the time this movie came out in. But the first line of this song is pretty problematic to me. Yeah. It's like Seymour trying to say that she doesn't have to pretend around him. But by saying that, he says, like, wipe off your lipstick and your makeup and stuff and like i as a human being with five sisters who maybe doesn't understand women entirely but understands women as people uh, to a certain extent know that you're not always putting on makeup so that some other people can look at you it's for you and there's never like a scene where she talks about her boyfriend wanting her to look a certain way like like liking a certain yeah look or anything so if there was that wouldn't be problematic it would be about saying it's okay to be yourself yeah to let go of all these terrible things as far as we know she is being herself around him yeah like way to fucking presume seymour fucking go complain on the internet and again, I, I think it's a product of the time. It It is very unfortunate. I feel like the only reason this movie is... Like, this movie is such a time capsule of when it was made. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these problems kind of are because of the, the certain phrases and certain contexts that they use have drastically changed in society in the, what, yeah. 21 years since it came out? No, 31 years since it came out. Yeah, it's it's like, a grip. Like, uh, but but I bet at the same time, right? Like, it's important that like you stay aware of the fact that it has these problems. So because mm-hmm. otherwise, like like it's not enough to just say, oh, it's a product of its time. Like, no, like it has these problems. That doesn't make it a bad movie, right? Like, it's still a fantastic movie. It's still a very charming musical, and I genuinely love it. But also, it has these problems. Also, yeah. fuck this song. I just, I genuinely think it's a bad song. I hate the way it sounds. Like, I do not like the singing in this song. The, uh, oh, Audrey, really? Audrey, that Audrey me. does, I like, an it, amazing, uh... like, has an amazing, like, uh, kind of, uh, bridge in it that she delivers super well. But mm-hmm. just the song as a whole, I think, has, like, a bad tune. I'm not a fan. Okay, but this has, this song has the most important, uh, Audrey moment. It does. I just wish it wasn't in this song. Which is, she talks about her family and why she is the way she is. And she says, I'd meet a man and I'd follow him blindly. He'd snap his fingers. Me, I'd say sure. And I want everybody to keep that moment in mind as we go on with the movie. Keep it in mind. So. Andy, don't sing songs from other Sorry. We got a theme here? Well, the theme is evil plants. Sorry, what was I going to sing? Suddenly Seymour? No. Let's go. Let's move on to the next great song. Because every song that Audrey 2 sings is the best. It's so good. 
No, wait, wait. Let me make sure I don't have any more notes in between. Oh, I do have this. I think I mentioned it earlier. Audrey could stand to be single for a bit. Like, that was my feeling after Definitely. watching Suddenly Seymour. Yeah. Like, Audrey does not need another dude right Yeah, now. like, what Audrey needs is... She needs to, some time She alone. needs to, like, work through this in a healthy way. Oh, the next song is Supper Time. Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Supper Time. So. Supper Time. It's evening. It seems like Audrey and Seymour have spent all day together. Yep. Seymour comes back, and despite how the morning started, is, like, pretty happy and giddy. And he goes to his room in the basement where Mushnik is hiding. Oh, but before he does that, we do see Audrey 2 grinning about this. Because Audrey 2 knows what's Audrey 2 is like, this is all going according to plan. Oh, also, Audrey 2, this is, I, I found this really fascinating. Audrey 2 opens the doors for yeah. Seymour. And it's great because it's like... In Seymour's mind, they're still in this together. But... But Audrey 2 is already planning ahead for the next The next thing. step. Because yes. Audrey 2 knows who's in the basement. Huh. Yeah, he does. Or it does. Um, so <laughs> this Supper Time is a fantastic song. But yeah, Mushnik confronts uh, Seymour about the fact that he like totally chopped up a body and that he's going to take him to the police mm-hmm. mushnik in what seems like a very weird moment decides at the last minute that he'll help seymour skip town as long as mushnik can keep the plant here's the thing we don't see enough of mushnik i feel like in this movie and again there's more of him in the musical but i haven't actually seen the musical i've just listened to the songs yeah. But what we know about him is that he's money-oriented, and he does have this, like, weird specific moral code, apparently. Uh, but this, this, I feel like this yeah, is, Yeah, like, um, extorting is All cool, that's left... But murder well, I feel like this is, is all that's left of, um, Mushnik's deep, interesting character in the 60s version. In the 60s version, Mushnik was the only one who had a... An, an arc, arc of any mm-hmm. kind and his big thing was i know the plant eats people but but i'm making money and so at the same time like man he didn't like the doctor either i don't think he's gonna he's he's not gonna lose any sleep over the fact that this guy's dead now maybe he just lets seymour skip town and he keeps the plant and he can continue making money but here's the thing, is he could still totally turn the cops into the police and keep the plant. You did say turn the cops into the police, but he doesn't know how to feed Audrey 2. He knows that Audrey 2 is finicky. Oh, and this whole time, I need to... Okay, so the thing about Supper Time, which is, I believe, the only... Really the only um, song in the movie that does this, is it is sung during a scene... Andre too sings it, and everybody in the scene should be able to hear it, but they don't. And then when when Andre too has stopped singing and is readying to eat Mushnik, the um, chorus is singing just "It's Supper Time" over. And yeah, over. it's and it's like slow and kind of spooky. It's kind of brilliant because the implication is that Seymour 
Like, the plant is singing what Seymour is thinking. Right. He's got your number yeah. now. You're going to go to jail. There's nothing. What else can what you about, do? What about your future with Audrey? Yeah, like, what else can you do in this situation? And in a way, this is the only death in the film that is directly Seymour's fault. And, well, that's the thing. Okay. So, I'm, I'm going to bring back the... I'm going to go back to the... Um, musical again in the musical can you guess the difference in the musical because this is this is i found this really fascinating when i realized that it seymour is singing something of his own no the difference is that mushnick is leading seymour out of the out of the um shop and seymour says i didn't lock up the money today and we know that mushnick cares about the money so he says well where is it what and seymour says it's in the place. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's like they took that from the sixties version directly, and that is so much That is even more like dark devious and bad. In this yeah, in this it just feels more like he's he's in a tight spot and he's just kinda hoping that it goes away. He well, yes, and there's this moment when Mushnik asks him how to feed the plant and he's like He's like, eh, you just give it nutrients, and you gotta water it, and 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 he says, whatever you do, don't. And then he stops, and Mushnik sees Audrey too has opened up and is leaning towards him, and he starts leaning into the mouth, and Seymour says, don't again, but he can't actually bring himself to say to stop, yeah, to stop this from to happening, stop Mushnik from dying, and Mushnik dies, and it's definitely Seymour's fault. And also, it is fucked up. Yeah, at this point, Seymour is realizing that maybe he is losing control about of Audrey too. I I need to I need to establish something about the scene where Mushnik dies. Audrey too has to bite down like three good times before Mushnik stops. Yeah, very Jurassic Park. It is for very Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay, now the next song that immediately happens. This is fucking perfect because see because mushnik was basically seymour's dad in in a way yes he was a father figure he was a father figure but he like he either adopted him or was like a foster father and again in the musical version this is played out more or in the in, yeah you, you understand yeah. what I mean. but in the movie version in the movie version it is said that like he took him off the streets yeah so the song that plays immediately after that is The Meek Shall Inherit. Mm-hmm. Which, that's just, like, fucking good timing on The Meek Shall Inherit. Yeah. Uh, and they cut out a lot of the song for the movie. Apparently, it was going to be a dream sequence. And I, I kind of want to tell you, um, there's a good bit that they cut out that sort of highlights Seymour's uh, inner struggle. So this is all going to be... A dream sequence and i think the reason it was come out cut out was because it was a lame dream sequence yeah. so all these people this is this is all done this is all like hidden or, or not hidden it's it's all like the, the music plays over where he's getting these offers but there's all these people giving him offers for like all this stuff and he's and he's singing my future's starting i've got to let it stick with that plant and my bank account will thrive what am I saying? No way, forget it. It's much too dangerous to keep that plant alive. Yeah. He says, I take these offers, that means more killing. And so he decides that 
Though it means you'll be broke again and unemployed, it's the only solution. It can't be avoided. The vegetable must be destroyed. Like, he is ready to kill Audrey, too. But then he says, but then there's Audrey. And he starts singing about how without his plant, she might not love him anymore. And in that version, that's so important because Seymour's downfall seems the, 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 the complete... Um, destruction well, the, 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 the amorality of Seymour's character comes from caring for Audrey but also pushing this idea on Audrey cause he doesn't actually like say anything to her this is all in his head uh, and in the, the one good thing in that dream sequence there are a couple good things in dream sequence but one good thing is um there's a huge picture of Mushnik that starts to bleed everywhere. That's weird. I'm not. That's. I'm not cool yeah. with that. Uh, and it's like it's not a great dream sequence. It's it's it's. I don't love it, but I what I did want is like I wanted it to be clear that he was not happy that Mushnik died. I think. I think maybe I'm starting to think that maybe the actual musical is a bit more subtle in how it treats these characters. And might be less problematic. I don't think this movie had the time. It it sometimes feels like like it's rushing through stuff. I, I think maybe it just feels like the movie focused on a lot of parts that it could have chosen to focus on others that may, would have made it less maybe less problematic in the long run. But who knows? We will talk about again. I think this is actually a thing to talk about once you watch the alternate ending about how they treat uh, musicals and the movie. We'll see. So. So the Meek Child and Herod starts playing. Um, uh, Seymour gets back to the um, to, to the shop, and Audrey too is fucking huge. Yeah, and so Seymour kind of has a breakdown. Um, he mm. he makes a kind of last minute plan to with Audrey that they're going to uh, get married and run away together. After, and I think this is a reference to the '60s version. After tomorrow, when somebody will bring a check. Yeah. But you did, aha, you, you apparently missed this bit because it, it struck me so hard when it happened. Seymour asks Audrey if she wants to marry him, and she says, sure. She says, it's so sudden. But, but when he asks her, but will you? She says, sure. Like, in, in, her, in her musical, she said that whenever a man snaps his fingers, she says, sure. Mm-hmm. I think this is him not even realizing it, but he is just he's dragging her down with him and she and she like, does and I she mean, doesn't she, how long have they been dating for a few maybe weeks? a couple of days like, yeah she doesn't want to marry but him she yet. but she's so used to being in this position in relationships right she doesn't know any better mm-hmm. so audrey catches seymour trying to sneak out uh, audrey, audrey too yes sorry and seymour uh it's just that there are two characters named audrey, audrey. yeah <laughs> um See if they had ke- oh, if they if they had kept it Audrey Junior I would have just called it Junior but called her Junior. Well, Seymour calls it Tui at one point. He called that it sounds dumb. So, <laughs> Tui, <laughs> Tui, no, thank you. And it's kind of cutesy because he was talking to the baby yeah, plant. and not the massive uh, uh, human eating monster that has an amazing uh, singing voice. So, after demanding more human sacrifice, Seymour insists that he, that. The plant just eat regular butcher meat. Yeah, he's like, I'll get you some cold cuts, and that's my final offer. And he leaves to go get some cold cuts. 
or not. I don't. I don't. When he comes back, I don't remember there being any cold cuts anywhere. So. I also don't remember there being any cold cuts. It's possible he just meant to leave. Yeah. So that Audrey too would be out of his sight, and he realized he'd left his bags or something. Yeah. So Audrey too, uh, in a level up moment, oh, drags, yes. drags uh, its pot towards the cash register, pulls out a single quarter. And calls Audrey the original. Here's the thing. Audrey too could have called anybody. Yeah. But it the police. Call the pizza. I when I was a kid, I thought Audrey too was gonna order a pizza and eat the pizza delivery guy. That would be very eighties. It's a very eighties thing. It like feels like something men in black might do. Or uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Except they probably wouldn't eat the pizza guy. What are you talking about? No, it would eat the, the, the... No, not the turtles. The villain would eat the pizza guy. And the turtles would show up and be like, Whoa, radical, free pizza. And then... Oh, God. They would have been slapped upside the head by Master Splinter. Like, focus. Sorry. I just had, like, a weird moment where I wrote... Yeah, I think I, I wrote... Uh, I think I wrote a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. I didn't... Like, we don't have face cams on because it's listed on the internet. But I'm pretty sure your eyes just unfocused. <laughs> I was possessed by the spirit of the turtles. I love oh, being dude. a turtle. I, I love being. I love being a turtle. Audrey too calls Audrey. Hey, little One. lady. Hello. Gets her to come over to give it water. So this scene really bothered me because he could have just he could have just ate her. I don't understand why he had to play this weird unsettling game with her uh he is a monster yeah okay sure but that doesn't explain the weird like like caressing of limbs and lifting of dresses that is happening this entire scene that's a little creepy but he yeah like the movie just became an anime for a brief moment so audrey 2 eats audrey 1 just straight up eats audrey 1 well he doesn't finish her well, he did. <laughs> fucking poor choice of words. Uh, before Audrey can uh, complete their meal, uh, Seymour comes back and uh, manages to uh, pull Audrey out of uh, out of the plant. Escapes the store. Reminds her that, or not doesn't remind her, but kind of expositions to her that he fed the plant people so that he could become successful and Audrey would finally love him. And Audrey kind of just skips over the whole, the whole beginning part of that sentence, and really focuses on the second half of that sentence. I cannot stress enough that this is the moment where there is a change between the ending of this film and the original ending of the film. I, 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 I okay. Are you crushing a can while you're talking? No. Okay. Maybe. Andy. Sorry. <laughs> so. so <laughs> So then Jim Belushi shows up. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally I literally just wrote Oh my god, Jim Belushi and Bill Murray? What the fuck? I wrote bigger than hula hoops. That's right. I wrote that too. <laughs> I was like I was like I was like that like that's such an 80s line. It's going to be yes. bigger than hula hoops. They might have as well said it's going to be bigger than bottled water. Like fuck. But, uh, so, basically, Jim Belushi comes in. He's like, I'm gonna cut, make cuttings at your plant and put them in every... 
Every and house it, in America. Every house in America. Maybe the world. And, and uh, Audrey and Seymour are like, no, no, that's a super bad idea. Get the fuck out of here. Leave. They chase him away. Yes, they do. And, um, and he yells something about coming back when, when they're in a better mood and just bolts off. And Seymour realizes that he was going to run away, but he can't leave Audrey 2 alive. Yeah, that 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 this has that Audrey's plan has been world domination, and he has now realized this, and he must kill Audrey too. No shit, Sherlock. I this song is so weird because the last thing I expected from this song was uh, uttering the phrase "tough titties" more than once. <laughs> the song says it no three wait, times. No wait. No, wait, I gotta Google Mean Green Mother real quick. Here's the thing, this this one's not in the musical, so I haven't heard it as much. They they gave him uh or it, they gave it a uh, final a different song. a different final song. And it doesn't have a final song. The ending of the musical is really interesting, and again, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh here, wait, tough titties. That's a tough, tough. titty kid. I only see it once. Do I remember. It was definitely uttered more than once. It, it super it, wasn't. <laughs> it might have been said before the song. Okay, maybe. Oh, God. It was such a weird... Like, that was the last thing I expected from this movie. <laughs> like, this... this I will say, this song did feel very out of tone. Like... That's... The, the again, lyric... That's... that's the, that was what was finally... This song is, I think, what finally changed what had to change the ending of this movie um and you gotta watch the alternate ending before i can talk about that but this song is it's this really almost cheerful song where audrey too sings about how great it is while just wrecking mushniks and seymour and he gets the gun and starts shooting off randomly mm, yeah because like he's abs- not actually concerned with killing seymour seymour is nothing thing to him yes so audrey too like and he crashes. transforms like a final fantasy boss yeah it's really like, cool actually he like breaks the pot and becomes even bigger i even wrote yeah, boss fight these, on my paper these huge like tentacle roots and shit it's so awesome. After absolutely humiliating uh, Seymour, he collapses. A, he he drops a building on him, and oh no, Seymour is dead. I can't believe Seymour died. He doesn't die. Well, we'll talk he, about it when we talk about it. He grabs. Um. He like grabs a big old copper wire that's like something out of a a Looney Tunes bit. <laughs> shoves yeah, well, it into it the down plant. With the building. Shoves it into the plant and like like oh no turns out he lived and electrocutes the plant and and what feels like it would like it it was lifted from Star Wars it like like is covered in blue it, lightning it, it, and it then does, explodes yeah, it, like the it Death does Star a, a Death Star explosion but although first it does say Audrey's Audrey Two's last words are oh shit. <sighs> And then this movie's you made ending. Far it, and ready. it has considering it was thrown together last minute, I don't altogether hate the ending because it feels like such a B movie ending. I I will say it, it is a less abrupt ending than 
the uh, original movie. It's mm-hmm. still really freaking out of left field, though. It's because they changed it last minute, but like yeah, because like so, it, Audrey it, two explodes. <laughs> Seymour and Audrey, one. I guess, get married. They they have their little house, and then we see like the last shot is a tiny Audrey two in the garden. Yeah, planning and, presumably, and so so this is the point where I want to point out that this that this fucking flower has lips. And yeah. they are like the 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 like fullest lips I have ever seen on a plant. Audrey too has sexy lips. It is distressing. It's very it's it's I mean it's I feel like it's part of what makes it creepy and also what makes it look realistic. Yeah, it's it's Audrey very Two's lips are why I they're they're part of why I um remember. Well, but they're part of why I'm so impressed by this puppet. Because when you think, oh, it's a, it's like a, a Venus plant. flytrap puppet, you would think open, close, open, close, like in the '60s movie. No, this thing like articulates its yeah, words. Yeah, it's got it's, points it's, of articulation that are crazy. Its lips form. I don't know how many people form, it took to move it. I'm gonna try to find out. Yeah, because its lips like, ma- like its lips, visibly mouth out the letters they in move a way like that. A mouth. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So six different stages of growth, three different versions of the shop. Uh, two different units were working with the plant. Sixty technicians were required to operate the final uh, boss. That is so cool. I love that. That's why. That's why movies like this, um, with that amount of uh, puppetry, aren't made. That yeah, often. it's it is because that's so many people. A uh, little. Shop of Horrors original ending. Andy, describe for the people what you have just seen. I so sorry, give me a sec. I need to oh It's rough. Oh my god. Alright, so So the original ending of the movie is is that after pulling Audrey out of Audrey 2, Audrey dies in Seymour's arms and Seymour willingly feeds her to to uh, Audrey 2 goes to kill himself doesn't right because Audrey wanted to be fed to Audrey 2 but hey Seymour is yeah, but, super not cool with it yeah so Seymour like fulfills her final wishes and then goes to kill himself in a very harrowing like standing at the edge and about to jump scene with like first person camera shake looking down the building mm-hmm. and but but then doesn't because a salesman who's not Jim Belushi shows up and says that with or without him they are going to be selling these plants around the world and all of a sudden Seymour's like this was the plant's plan all along and in an almost Jesus like moment gets eaten by Audrey too after the uh mean green mother from outer space uh singing sequence and i can i just say when he dies when seymour dies at the end there is much less reason for there to be a huge song because like if the bad guy is singing a song the good guy has to win because it's audrey too kicking seymour's ass the entire time yeah the fact that seymour never comes back from that 
is makes it so upsetting. Yeah, and it was as we established. This ending is already very upsetting. This ending is so tone deaf to what the rest of the film is building up in t- in terms of like it being a warm comedy. And uh, let's. Uh... What happens after Seymour dies? We, we get a montage of people buying Audrey to plant toy accessory things, like going crazy over them. And then it cuts to a, a news bulletin of these Audrey 2 plants, now massive in size, eating America. Yes, while the song Don't Feed the Plants plays, which is, again, a better song on the cast recording because they do a lot of... This scene goes on for seven minutes. Seven minutes, and it's mostly and they just cut into instrumental. A lot of instrumental, yeah. It's and so long. It's so long, and and it's all as just, you mentioned, it's very expensive looking. It's so like just like buildings being exploded, and like mm-hmm. multiple Audrey two puppets like carousing throughout the city as people run away. Large crowd shots, and it's like even if like the goofiness of the plants taking over the world landed all the main characters dying especially audrey really like has a sting yeah because like what am i'm weighed down by it like i knew it was gonna happen and i was like quietly watching while you were watching and fuck man my like my stomach hurts from stress it is like (laughs) it is so upsetting and unfun like like, I get that the people who made this, like, it looks like the people who made this scene were having fun, but as an audience member, I have, there is no joy in watching this happen because so, I have no, there's no empathy that I can use to grasp onto the ridiculousness of what I'm watching. Let me tell you the main difference between this alternate ending and the ending in the play and why it works in the play and why it doesn't in the movie. Okay. So first, let me tell you how Seymour dies in the play. Okay. He says, you're a monster and so am I. Like he does in the, in the, in, in the mm-hmm. other thing. But then Audrey 2 doesn't get this whole big singing thing. Seymour does what he did in the old movie, which is grab a knife and run into Audrey 2's mouth saying, you can't be that tough on the inside. Yeah. So Seymour has died very quickly. And it's much less of a a slow, drawn-out fuck you. Yeah. The other thing that they apparently do in uh, in the stage version is... Do you remember the plant, the flowers yeah. from the 60s version that show faces? Yeah. Well, those come back in the stage version. And the, the people who sing Don't Feed the Plants, as well as the um, the chorus, are, are the Seymour, buds. Audrey, Mushnick, and uh, the Doctor as the plants. Oh. As the flowers. Okay. So they still get, like, like you still get to see these characters even after they've died. And I feel like that probably takes a huge sting out of what just happened. Yeah. Um, Also, you know, there's a world you buy into when you watch a movie. It's... And when you're in a theater, no matter what happens, you're always in the theater. Yeah, at the end of of the day, there's a level of separation that cannot be escaped when you're watching a theatrical production. 
Yes. The, the same. There are some clever things you can do to kind of break that relationship. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like what happens on the stage stays on the stage. Well, and let me let me bring in the last thing they do that makes the, the that makes the theater version lighter. Well, actually, you know what? The other thing is, I don't think there's a reprise to somewhere that's green, which is good because that one fucking gets me. Yeah, that's not I, that's not Audrey's, a cool reprise. Audrey sings about being somewhere that's green, and what she means is inside Audrey too. Yeah. And that's not cool. But um, the other thing they do is... I don't know if all the productions did this or just some. Yeah. But when they say... Uh, in the movie, they say, And Where You Live. When mm-hmm. they're singing Don't Feed the Plants. They sing, And This Theater. And then Audrey Chew plants come out of everywhere. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah, so it's fun. It's not, oh my god, here's the world being destroyed by plants. <laughs> You can see how people, how the people in charge, especially Frank Oz, thought that that, that the this version that ends dark but always got like a laugh and a clap at the end of uh, at the end of the show would still get a laugh and the clap at the end of the movie. The 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 but the thing is right is like if if a little Audrey two came out and like started gnawing at my leg in the theater, that's cute. <laughs> What, but this scene feels like it's like a like a like a celebration of the end of the world in a way that's just upsetting yes because there's nothing there's nothing that can be done to 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 pull me out of the fact that i am watching the world end and people die that's true and you never get that's the thing you never get the curtain call you never get people like everybody coming on stage and bowing and okay now it's over now everyone has bowed instead of now it's over now the world is dead now the now the audience itself has been eaten by this disgusting looking plant mouth and i feel bad because i was building up so much stuff like oh we'll talk about that at the end of the show after you see the this i didn't this is this is not even what i wanted to talk about was this i wanted i wanted to talk about how how much i hate rent (laughs) 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 this is oh. (laughs) oh my god Oh my god. Oh, this is not cool. This ending sucks. Oh my god. I wanted to talk about how much I hate Rent. The movie. I mean, I also don't like the musical that much, but specifically the the Rent the movie is like... It's like such a boring film. And and the movie seems to like get by solely on the fact that you're watching the original cast of Rent do Rent again. But this movie is very well directed, except for that ending. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. I don't... Ugh. Anyway, the point is... This movie's bad. One of the point. Well, that ending of the movie is bad. That's why they had to change it. Oh, jeez. Uh, but the point is, whenever you thought... Whenever you might think Seymour is, like, a little bit too dark in this movie, it's because he was always supposed to be a tragic hero. Yeah, he was supposed to die. Yes, and, well, um... They could have... The audiences did not like that. 
What oh. they could have, they could have like, they could have like found the happy medium that is Seymour sacrificing himself to kill the plant. <clears throat> they couldn't, and the reason is they were scared after their millions of dollars were wasted making the sad ending that they thought uh we need to make a happy ending yeah so they, people will buy this movie they overcorrected really hard yes it's it, it is a bit it is a bit too much it is a bit too bright and cheery but it's definitely better than the alternative it is definitely better than the alternative jesus fucking christ that is a shit show but oh, I, I, I also man. have to say it's an ending that's thrown together last minute because they didn't have that much time. They were supposed to be done with the movie. Uh-huh. And it's, like, such a stupid B-movie ending that that's what kind of endears it to me. It's 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 a it's a, it's a kitsy little ending. I really enjoy it. It's... it's, it's <laughs> I enjoy it. Fuck. I enjoy it I'm a so, lot more. I am so, like, not able... Movie. I'm so not able to say anything right now because I'm just... <sighs> It's like seven just, minutes of uninterrupted just that. It's so Just bad. talk about how much you hate rent. It's I can't even like I Oh fuck. I I, I have nothing to say. I'm like I'm all so, out of I'm all out of things to say. I have nothing I forgot how emotionally damaging this ending truly is. It is if you look in the comments of those videos, they're all like people, Oh, they should have done this ending instead of the stupid ending no. cop out ending they went with. No, no. This is like the parallel is supposed to be like you you can't make a deal with the devil, the devil wins. Yeah, yeah, which is like yeah, I get that. But at the same time but, this uh-uh, is you can't do this movie. Yeah, like you can at the at, you can't you the end of a Faustian bargain should not be the audience gets punished. Mm-hmm. That is oh, this is But the other thing is the song Don't Feed the Plants when it's sung by a bunch of people in a theater at a bunch of people in a theater who are quote unquote being eaten by plants. It's like much more fun, like uh oh, don't feed the plants instead of don't feed the plants, they're eating everything they've taken over. There is, there is nothing left that you can do, except maybe, except I guess kill yourself so that you don't feed the plants. Like you kept talking it up, and I thought, well, yeah, like I, I like I've seen bad original cuts, but that <laughs> that ending destroys the entire like foundation of the film. Yes, like it mm-hmm. removes the fun retroactively. I wish I didn't watch that. But Frank Oz was honestly was he was surprised that people didn't like this ending again oh, because geez, he rooted for the plants. <laughs> yeah, I get. Mm. Like you get it, you can see like you can no, see the work. No, no, I absolutely cannot. Okay. In no well, way is this is... movie Frank. Like I can see why Frank Oz, a man whose entire life has been dedicated to operating puppets, uh-huh. would see the puppet as being a valuable main character. But the leap that you have to take to then go, the audience can empathize with it, though, right? Just like you just you slapped lips on a giant ass plant. That is the most other a thing can be. Oh, God bless him. God bless him because that man can have no hate in his heart if he can look at that creation and say, "I empathize with this." It's, it's way too long. It's so long. If Audrey hadn't died, and if the ending was three minutes instead of seven, if 
it might the it I, might be able to do it the ideal ending would be like rick moranis sacrifices himself to kill audrey too audrey one like is alive and has and just kind of like has to go live the 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 great like like kind of like at the end of titanic right like go do all of these amazing things that she said she wanted to do because now she has the money to leave yeah and that would make sense because in this version i see her like i said before i see her as the main character because her death is the important one her journey was yeah. the important one her, more than Seymour's. Her death r- destroys this movie in a way Seymour's cannot. Mm-hmm. Like because because like I like I feel for the guy, but at the end of the day, right? Like Seymour is digging his own grave. Right. He's again. He's the tragic hero, and she is an innocent bystander. She is the most innocent person in this movie. Like seriously, um, I'm oh. possibly one of the most innocent characters that you can just come up with she's somebody who barely who 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 can barely make a decision for herself and that's why i've been kind of like trying to defend even though this ending fucking hurts i've been trying to defend the fact that she doesn't have that much um yeah no her own life i i I, because this ending makes that so i tragic i understand why that's where they were going yeah that is that is insanity (laughs) that is insanity that ending is a i need we need to move on we just like let's let's wrap this up i can't think about this anymore i that ending vastly changes my opinion of this movie like original okay so so the the original film oh god you want to talk about like how you felt about each version? The yes. 60s, let's the, let's the let's 80s, let's and the let's go alternate? let's go in reverse order. <laughs> okay, you want to? Well, we did talk about the director's cut for a while. Yeah, it We're sucks. Fans, it's bad. It like. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, moving on. So the it's, it it has a sort of dark poetry about it that it that misses its mark. It oh is god. It, it 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 does it does go for that Faustian vibe and it it, it overdoes it. It, you really start focusing on the wrong stuff during it because yeah. it's not it's it's not about what happens to Seymour anymore. Yeah, because Audrey died and that was a big deal, and then the plants took over and that was a big deal, and the fact that Seymour died was like no. kind of nothing. Yeah, it's. So how'd you feel about the ending that they needed to slap onto it? CGI making Audrey two blow up. I and then... I think it's it's ridiculous in a fun way it is it is a fun Mm -hmm. it in a way it's kind of appropriate to this being an adaptation of the original film because it is sudden and unexpected but but unlike the original ending and the direct uh, unlike the original film's ending and the the cut ending Mm -hmm. it's it's it like i said before it's kitschy and fun um like it yes it's maybe a little bit too light yeah it's like it, again that's not that's, i understand why they made that decision yeah like that i i can see why they oversteered a bit too far to the left but i think overall this like even with all the problems i have with this movie it is a mm. it is a fantastic it's got fantastic music it's very well directed um up until that ending bit like it is a great adaptation the of a stage musical. Still, I mean, the the ending bit is fucking hard, but it is very well directed. 
that I don't think I, so. It's a lot of like, lingering shots. It's very, it's it's yeah. You're right. It's Maybe very it would have been cut down more. Maybe yeah, it's not well edited. It's very bloated. It never made it. Yeah, but but I'm thinking. You know what was in my mind? One, the scene with the Statue of Liberty, I thought was genuinely creepy. It is very good. And two, actually, the bit where Seymour gets eaten. Yes. Is not the close-up shot, which lasts a little bit too long, but the uh, far-away shot where it's Audrey Two raising Seymour above its head. Yeah, is if you really just if you cut out like the middle the the middle bit where it keeps cutting to Rick Moranis's face and just kind of go from that distance shot yeah. to the just like up all the way in my mouth like a saltine shot. Again, this movie. We say well directed. It's also well edited, and yes. you can tell because. The bit that doesn't get edited because it was cut out is very sloppy. Is is uh, is more sloppy, yeah. But I, I will say though, like the, this is a fantastic adaptation of a stage musical because it manages to keep the storyline intact and maintain the kind of fantastical fun that you want out of a musical without feeling like it's excessive, like some adaptations are. Yeah, like, and that's that's probably because so many stage musicals are kind of by definition excessive. Yeah, and or and like and so it's and, hard to adapt them. Yeah, and like you you run into the problem. Them. Like yeah, you run into the problem when you adapt a stage musical. Like you can either focus too much on the spectacle, like the Lamy's film that came out recently did. Mm-hmm. It, the The spectacle of that movie, in terms of like what they did with their effects, is really great, but. But the movie's not very good? The movie's kind of boringly shot. Hmm. Oh, That's too bad. And, and, just, and Rent is just bad. I, I don't have the energy to talk about it anymore, but... I mean, if from you... my understanding of the plot of Rent, it's about a bunch of artists who are the good guys because they don't make any money. Yeah, it's... And it's like, fuck you guys. I want to be an artist and make money. You know that's also possible without me being evil. Yeah, right? you don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, whatever. I don't. I don't want to talk about rent. It's bad. and the ironic thing is, rent made a lot of money. Yeah, geez. There's a fantastic like. There are fantastic like breakdowns of rent that I really enjoy. Go find them. But I, the what I wanted to talk about specifically was like rent is kind of poorly shot as a film to the point where it mixes messages. The messages that the original play had. Oh, because of how poorly <laughs> shot it is uh, th- this movie manages to kind of maintain the original tone and also have a fantastical aesthetic that's genuinely pleasing to look at and I cannot stress enough that the Audrey 2 puppet is... every version of it is amazing yeah it is quite a feat of engineering the original okay. film is funny it's weird definitely worth watching it's not a horror movie it is definitely worth watching though and i will say i had less i have i had almost no problems with it it's like very inoffensive Mm -hmm. even to this day like it's yeah there's no big issues with it it's just it's but it also is kind of baffling yeah it doesn't and its characters are kind of confusing like why are they doing all the things they're doing yeah Uh, but it's fun it's like light fun and that's I I can see why something like that was made into a musical. Yeah, I can um, see why people would latch onto that, that movie. Was made even if the musical that was made has a <laughs> like a stronger plot, for instance. Yeah, and characters with motivations. Yeah, it, it I can see why people latched onto the original film. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, and if you just watch it for that Jack Nicholson bit. Oh God, that Jack Nicholson bit is very good. Let's it's, use... it's it stands out so much. It's, it's so odd. It feels like a different movie. Like even to the point where it feels like the film that they used in that part of the scene captures the contrasting colors better. Because by the end of the movie, the movie feels very fuzzy. I would recommend both of these movies. Oh God, easily. I Def- think this I, that these two movies I would both together be a. Yeah, the, these two movies together, like watching the '60s and then the '80s version, um, would be a fun movie night. Like if you're planning like a like a viewing party of some sort, these two movies would be a great fun night. And you know what? It's it's October. Um, we're doing this for Halloween, although we haven't talked about Halloween itself really. Yeah, fuck, um, fuck holidays, man. We're live, doing this for spookums. Yeah, live your best life. Live your best life. Celebrate the holiday you well, want. Well, but celebrate. what I was gonna say is, if you kind of wanted like a theme movie night, but you're not into horror movies, both of these aren't horror movies. Yeah, I, I honestly expected the first one to be. Yeah, I thought that's what it was. I thought it was a B horror movie, but it's like a it's comedy of errors that happens to have a yeah. horror plot. Well, a, not even a plot, horror a horror plot? premise. Yes. <laughs> That's better. A horror premise. It's... They're both fun. And, um... I like the songs in the, uh... Yeah, the songs are... With in, the with, in, with, in the, with the exception of the one, the songs are really great. Oh, man. I feel tired. I'm sorry, Andy. I feel like I just, like... like I feel like, like a Dementor just sucked the life out of me. Like, I... I... I cannot I believe... Felt, I felt so that good. That I thought it would be a good idea. Like... You're like, I'm gonna watch it on the show. And I was like, sure. Yeah, like, I was, like I and I thought, I thought, like I, because you, you told me it was ridiculous. So I thought when I was watching, like maybe, maybe if I do it live, that'll be like a good fun bit. But no, that was. I thought I had made it clear that it was ridiculous in a bad way. I, I that was DVD. Uh, fuck, direct. Fuck. No. Thank you for listening to direct video. <laughs> VHS. I broke Andy, and I apologize. Oh God, I have to do math after this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. He's gonna be fine. Okay. Somehow. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, I've been your co-host, uh, Andy Reyes. I've been your other co-host, Tony Robusto. You can find Andy on Twitter at royalty underscore balance, and you can find Tony on Twitter at theaterbats. That's theater with an er. I'm proud of you for jumping on that so well. You know, uh, you can find us at directc.video. Uh, you can also find some of uh, Tony's other work at inspiredbytrueevents.com. Dot org, but I appreciate. Damn it! it ah, yep. So, oh, I, I I lost the reins a bit. Um, our final theme is today's Penguins comic has a meme joke, so like maybe you won't be thrilled about it. <laughs> but I don't know how. How big you guys are into memes. Memes. Uh, I made a meme. I was very proud of it. He was very proud of it. It was sad. I've never... <laughs> I, it's, it's the first and only meme I've ever made. Uh, the start of an era. Um, you can find our theme, uh, which is Penguins on Parade, at... It's in the description. It's by Lee Rosevere. There it is. Yeah, and um, if you like us, if you liked hearing Andy completely break down... I'm so distressed. After watching, after watching the alternate ending for Little Shop of Horrors, uh, you can um, 
<laughs> you can rate us on iTunes. Yeah, please, uh, or or wherever you find your local podcast, please give us that sweet five stars. I'm dying for my art here. <laughs> please give us those five stars. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, um, let's uh, let's talk about what we're watching next. Uh, yeah. Coming up next week, we're going to be watching Batman. Probably in two weeks. Probably in two weeks. Sorry, yeah. So uh, next, yes. the next episode, uh, we're going to be watching Batman 1966 and Batman 1989. It's going to be super exciting. It's going to be you, we're you guys dress up as Batman to do it. You guys are you guys we're gonna you guys are tired of us talking about Marvel. Well, we're going to talk about Batman for three whole hours. But. We're not going to talk about him fighting Superman. That's what's important. Oh, do we might? This might be. I wasn't. This might be. This might be the. This might be the episode where I just get all of those like really deep uh, Batman v Superman feelings out. Andy, there are three episodes like that. Oh, I know, but I, I've I've always got more <laughs> to say. You know, I will, okay. t- Tony. I am going to go watch that Justice League movie. And when I do, we're going to have a DVD extras about it. Because I'm already tired. of, of, of <laughs> And I haven't watched it yet. But I need to know. Okay. Godspeed. <sighs> I'm the ghost okay. of John Smith. I was going to... Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. If you're the ghost of John Smith, I want to... I, I am... What's a good monster I can be? I'm a big green mother from outer space. That mean and green. That's gonna be weird because it's gonna be actual music playing over this. I'm quite. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And cut. Cut. Perfect. description no copyright intended i love that don't you love that i fucking yep it's like what what a sentence that lets me know both you don't know what a copyright is or how to use the word like he could have just eaten her already (laughs) i don't understand why he needs to go through this whole thing oh wow this is actually like kind of distressing as well when i die which should be very shortly my dude, do not tell me that you are actually going to go through with this terrible plan. There you go. Yeah, I'm just gonna put her in with her head poking out so that when it chomps down, I can really get a full view. This is what I, Rick Moranis, want. Just just reach in and push her in a little bit more. <laughs> God, where are you going? Oh, geez, what? No way. No way this is how this ends. <laughs> Bigger than hula hoops. So I, what, is he just gonna die here now? Like, there's no reason for him to come back and live, what with Audrey being dead. What a religious experience Rick Moranis is having getting eaten by this plant. <laughs> just really deep throat that man. <laughs> okay, that's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it. Well, there's still heartbreak. The, the yeah, the fat plant has sung. 
Oh, he spits the glasses out. What a nice bit. Oh, the Greek choir standing in front of the American flag. Is this like a funeral pr procession? Is that what they're going for? So we're just gonna get a montage of world domination. Oh no, this poor old couple. Eaten by plant. Oh my god. This is expensive. No, isn't it? This is like friggin' straight from a Godzilla kaiju film. <laughs> Cars flying everywhere. What are they? Are they gonna have that friggin' Cloverfield moment where it's just standing on top of the Statue of Liberty too? Oh my gosh, I think there is a Statue of Liberty scene. Of course there is. This isn't even close to what I wanted to talk about earlier. This is a whole different ball game than what I want to talk about. What is... This is so long! Oh, this is such a long scene. It's seven minutes. Like, this whole thing is what? just all through two It's shit. just... Oh, I love the big plant eating the train. Now and now the army's trying to fight back. But we've already established that Audrey 2 is bulletproof as fuck. Oh no! Oh no! There's another one! We're surrounded! Classic general. That, that's a very Michael Bay shot of zooming in while somebody's standing up. Oh my god, there's the Statue of Liberty! Oh, and it eats the end sequence. Very nice. This is a gruesome close up. Sorry, the, it's still going. Because apparently, like, it implies that the audience is getting eaten by this plant. Oh, it was fuck. interesting listening to you wonder how they could keep. <laughs> going on with the movie. <laughs>